Hi, it's Matheus Calera. I'm the co-creator of Black Science and listening to 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> I'm going to tax you on your woo. <laughs> oh, start. That will be 50 cents. Thank you very much. Ka-ching. I felt good about that woo too, man. It was a good one. If I got 50 cents from every from you for every show we did, mm. that's not so bad, right? I could I could go out and buy some kind of chimichanga or lunch with that. Some chimichanga. Yeah. I had Jersey Mike's today. I was I enjoyed it. Do you have a Jersey Mike's out there, or is that just a regional thing here in Pennsylvania? It's well, no, no, no. It's not. It's not only Pennsylvania because there's, there's. Um, I think you're down in the Carolinas, but uh, no, there isn't one near us. Um, we've got fucking plenty of subways, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. And what, man? I feel bad for any business next to a subway because your fucking business smells like a subway. The H and R Block I was at today smelled just like a subway, and and it, no matter where it, there, there was. Um, uh, the Panera or the Blockbuster, where there used to be next to one, it, it's just like why? Why do I smell Subway when I'm not even in a Subway? Mm, it's rough. It, it is. is. It is rough. Yeah, this is not rough, everybody. This is e- it's easy peasy because this Let is easy. Eleven o'clock comics, episode seven hundred and thirty four, and I'm Vince B. Ooh, you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. That's true, and I'm looking for work because I'm Samoa Joe. <laughs> Word, man. And Bo Dallas and Mickey James. Are we talking wrestling? Yeah. WWE made some cuts today. But at least Joe got to announce WrestleMania for a minute. Dude, like <laughs> half of them all were prominently featured. The the uh, homegirl from uh, the Iconics was like, oh, that's like right. the best part of that of that tag team match. I don't watch whatever. Match yet, but yeah, you're, you're, yeah, whatever. You're not Samoa Fro. You're Jason. Uh, Jason Wood, everybody. Uh, All together in the squared circle. That is 11 o'clock comics. And if you would like to get your comics cheap, who doesn't want cheap comics? I don't know. Everybody listening to this definitely wants cheap comics. Well, I'm going to direct you to your uh, best case scenario, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. That's DCBService.com. We'll get you those books for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. The list of specials are three, and here they are. One has changed, so pay attention. From Vault Comics, it's Barbaric, number one. Who doesn't want to read the adventures of a barbarian and an anthropomorphic alcoholic axe? I don't know. If Yeah. I mean, it's a universal good, right? Well, this is written by Michael Morici. That's what I call him. And art by Nathan Gooden. It's $1.99. That's half off the cover price. And it's a first issue, so jump on board this thing. That is a good one. Uh, we received word for, from our man on the inside of the scout uh, publishing empire that's david byrne he says you know what we had a pull chaos agent from our uh publication list temporarily because there was some discrepancy with the title right so he said just want to let you know it's going to be published not under that name but this this book will be published so uh do not forget about chaos agent and whatever it later will be called from scout comics so I have 
removed that from the the middle of the uh, specials, and I have selected from Behemoth Comics, Motherfuckers, number one. Now, if you've seen the movie, uh, it's currently running on Netflix. You guys seen Motherfuckers? Not yet. Mm -mm. It's awesome. I love it. I've watched it about seven times. Wow. Yeah, I think it's really, really good. Um, Here's the pitch. The Netflix distributed hit movie by Studio 4 Degrees Celsius, uh, they did Batman Gotham Knight and the Animatrix, comes to comics with an oversized number one event, jump in the unique world created by legendary artist Run, and that's uh, Guillaume Renard, uh, following Angelino and his flaming skull pal Vins, who live in a gang and cockroach-infested dystopian metropolis called DMC, a city that hides secrets even weirder than its inhabitants. Uh, Vins is, like it, like it says, he's a little flaming skull. Um, there are luchadors aplenty in this thing. I think it's pretty freaking awesome. So I said, why not have more of a good thing? This is the first issue. Uh, $5.99 cover price. But you're giggling because you know that you're going to get it for less than that. You're going to get it for 45% off. Uh, It's got a really cool aesthetic. I love it. Um, And uh, last but certainly not least from Image, it's continuing the trend uh, initiated by Plastic. This is called Vinyl, number one of six. Uh, Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard. It's a six-issue miniseries. And you are going to pay not three ninety nine for the first issue. No, no, no. You're going to pay a dollar ninety nine. DCPService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your books delivered right. Guys, walking up the steps as I'm saying this, right to your front door. What they could be uh, right? What could be more easy, or what could be easier <laughs> if you had like a brain and phrased it correctly? Uh, DCPService.com. Noise. Yeah. I still have to uh, watch slash listen 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 uh, to um, to y'all's uh, videos. Oh, you actually do? Yeah, I forgot you do that. Yeah. I do. I was going to say I don't. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Some people they just they care. People <laughs> who need people. Well, I, no, honestly, I, I I look at it as a way for me to. Um, embellish or or rebut or counterpoint um things that uh you guys may have said on yours or just so that's a bit just... but it i mean it's not like you guys are hearing it so it's not like it, it's a it's not really a back and forth it's just it's it's you know oh i hear that and by the way dot 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 so it's it's totally but i figured if if um it'd be another way for me to also record something to um to give to the patrons Hmm. Interesting. Muy interesante. Nice. Well, here we go. Slippery slope. I am drinking from. Uh, drinking. I'm drinking the quality and value from Price Chopper. It's called Wild Cherry Sparkling Water Beverage. Now, what's great about Price Chopper? You got a Price Chopper. Oh, well, not there is one uh, about uh, it's forty forty five minutes north in um, 
in Poughkeepsie. I don't have one in what there is one. There is not one in Westchester. I first went to a Price Chopper in Massachusetts, but I. It's weird because their logo. I always thought it was like 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 the the coin. Yeah. That it was a helicopter, like for chopper. I get to the chopper, so I thought it was a chopper as a helicopter no. but it's actually a fucking hatchet chopping yeah, it's the stupidest like, no, it's, logo ever absolutely yeah. Yeah. but it's it's i i always i never think of i never see that as a hatchet even if you now. wanted to get literal with it there's no way in hell a, a hatchet could chop a penny <laughs> like it's dumb and my grandmother used to think it was a pie why are they oh. chopping that pie i'm like what are you nuts it's a it's a freaking penny but it, huh yeah it's weird it, that's weird. In, in my hometown, growing up, we had a cost cutters, which also had like a, a, a like a hat, you know, a, a butcher knife in yeah. its logo. And then we there was a murder in the parking lot. <laughs> and, you know, this is a town that literally had two murders over a 20 year span. Oh, and so the store became known as as throw cutters. And wow. no one ever went there after that. And oh, it closed geez. down a few years later. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I actually like that story a lot. <laughs> that's a movie. That's that's a that's yeah. a Netflix movie. yeah. That and uh, and it, we, the town of Hamilton Township. We have that claim to fame, and we have uh, Megan's Law. So yeah, it's a it's quite a quite a prestigious <laughs> quite a prestigious few things to be known there you for. Go. Yep. I used to think Scranton was a shithole, but hey, we gave you your president. Oh, good lord! Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you gave us Joe Biden, and uh, and and you uh, gave us the office. Well, I mean, Gervais and Merchant gave us the office. Yeah, it was located in Scranton, which was vis a vis. Yep. Uh, Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I just finished some deliciously fresh brewed coffee. Nice. I feel like Vince. Not McDonald's though. From the Nespresso. From the Nespresso, yeah. Right. Uh, virtual the virtual pods, and um, now I've got water. Nice. Sorry. Dap has just been drinking since last Tuesday. <laughs> Pretty bad. Pretty seventy-two hour right now. Feels like if I could. Uh, no, this is um, this is just some. Uh, it's not exactly top shelf bourbon because it's not a top shelf night. It's um, but it is. It's 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 some really nice bourbon with some uh, with some Soda Stream, which I will then just follow up with straight Soda Stream when this is gone. Nice. I'm not this room until we're done tonight. Okay. That's a good plan. I think it's a wonderful plan. Uh, we, uh, uncharacteristically, right, we've all pretty much read a, a good a lot of similar things for this episode. Mm. A good a lot of similar, yes. Yeah, yeah, a lot of similar things. Uh, the first of which is an anthology that uh, was a Kickstarter recently. Uh, it recently was distributed and we got ours and I don't usually get, uh, well, I, first of all, let me just set this up. I love anthologies. I love the, the idea of an anthology where, you know, you're, you're getting, um, many diverse styles, many, um, different kinds of visual voices and, and aesthetics and, uh, the idea of getting a lot for my money, um, and in different experiences, I like that idea. More often than not, anthologies let you down um, because you're, as Jason always says, you're rolling the dice. It's a crapshoot. Um, the lead story may have been spectacular, 
and you get two in the middle that are just mediocre, and then you'll get a somewhat entertaining one at the end. So it's rough. It's very hard to get an anthology that is just kicking from first to last page. I think the anthology we read for this episode is one of the latter. I think this is a superbly curated anthology to the point where it staggers my brain to think that Al Gofa and uh, Matt Emmons, they were the editorial team on this anthology. It's really difficult to be uh, an, uh, an editor of a book with one creative team. But when you got a ton of creative teams, that's many irons in the fire, a lot of moving parts, a lot of chances to fail, you know, because there's traffic going on. Hey, is your story done? Ah, I'm getting to it. And then you know how artists are and writers, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll have it to you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday comes, you still don't have it. it it's like herding cats. But what Gofa and Emmons have done, I think, is a miracle because the anthology, and it's called Dagger Dagger is one of the most cohesive, visually cohesive anthologies I've ever experienced. It's crazy to me that there's this many cooks in the kitchen, and they may not all be singing the same tune, but they're more or less in the same key, which is it's crazy to me. How did this happen? It, it is, it's a package that just, I'm not going to use word like stunned because that's not really true. Or, you know, when we talk about horror, we talk about being terrified. That's not really true either. But I am amazingly impressed at just the visual representation. We will talk about the stories in a little bit. Visually, this thing is a masterpiece. Do you guys agree? I do. I do. Um, there's... At, at presentation wise, the package we got this thick ass book, uh, I think, I think was 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 an accomplishment by itself. But the feelings I got as I was reading these stories, what the the emotions or or, or the um, the trips down memory lane that it offered me, um, which I'm sure Matt. And Al didn't anticipate, but it 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 added the value for me. So I mean, it, it, this is an absolute clear winner for me. Yeah, it's one of those things where you ask the universe, and the universe will, will provide, but maybe not exactly when you when you petitioned it, right? So I've been on the lookout for a really good fantasy based uh, series and or book for a while, and um. Going into Dagger Dagger, I didn't realize that it would have as much fantasy content as it does have, and it's it's a it's a great surprise that uh, you know um, I got what I wanted, even though I didn't know I I wanted it, so to speak. But yeah. anyway, Jason, you're a little quiet. Uh, no, I mean I'm just was waiting my turn, dude. Uh, you don't want to talk over each other. Um... Yeah, I mean, I well, I would. Uh, it's interesting. Like, I guess the way that you describe anthologies at the start, and then the way you're describing this, I'm somewhere in the middle in the sense that I don't generally think most anthologies disappoint me. Like, I go into anthologies assuming that there'll be some mix of stories that I adore, some that don't hit the mark, and some that are just okay. 
And to me, that's a success, I guess, because I just think that's par for the course. So I oh, like I, I I rarely feel like when I read an anthology that I'm it was a disappointment because there's always something you can take away from it. Um, but this, like for me, I, I I liked it a lot, but I thought it was just like other good anthologies I've read in the sense that I don't think it had a uh, disproportionately high hit rate for me. Um, and I think part of it is because, and, and this is something I wanted to broach today because I kind of had this epiphany after reading this. Um, I just think for some reason comics, it, like fantasy is like my least favorite genre of comic. I, I just don't, for some reason, and I don't know why, I haven't figured that out yet, I just don't connect to fantasy comics in the same way that a lot of you do. I, I it, Like I was thinking about this and then I was thinking about The Last God and how mm-hmm. I seem to be really the only one of our crew that just didn't think it was an absolute grand slam. Now, again, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't, it just didn't grab me. You know, it just felt like, Oh yeah, this is good. Like I could see it for what it was, but I didn't, I didn't love it. Like I love other comics. And I think the same thing here, like there are stories in here that I really thought were great. Um, but, but honestly there were, there were some that I thought were for me just way too long and I didn't have much interest and I was like looking forward to them finishing so I could get to the next one. So this to me was like a really good anthology, but in the vein of the way I usually think of anthologies. So, but I'm happy that it seems like you guys got even more out of it. Cause mm. like, I think it was definitely a worthwhile endeavor. And, and I didn't realize like Al Gofa is, um, Al Gofa is one of, uh, Cam's guys at Inky Knuckles. And, oh, uh, yeah, that's and why it sounds familiar. Sure. Yeah. And he just banged out a bunch of beautiful commissions, um, so he's a hell of a, a visual storyteller, and putting a, you know putting aside that he's obviously a, a talented editor too. So yeah, so I, I'm I'm really glad I read this, and I, and I definitely give it a hearty recommendation. But I just I have to stop short of the wow. of the uh, putting it on the pedestal that you seem to. Okay, well maybe I should reframe my my uh, assessment of anthologies. I I look forward to the diversity inherent in the um the package right you got a lot of different people working on a lot of different stories i i like the fact that it's it's like minestrone there's a lot of different tastes within the covers but i admit anthologies uh, more often than not are a way for a publisher to try out new talent and that's when anthologies start to run um afoul Right, that's when you get the, the uh, yeah, like a like a new talent showcase. Type yeah, of yeah, that's when you get stories that aren't exactly up to snuff. But hey, we have a page count we have to meet, so let's pump this baby up. Mm-hmm. I, there was only once within the entirety of this two hundred and sixty-two page book where I thought you don't belong in this book with everybody else. And I'll be totally honest with you, it's not me holding a grudge, but I think Alexi Zirit phoned it in. His ah. his, his story such as it is yeah it stinks it's bad it's just a series of pinups that's all it is and and not good pinups yeah so no, I, I i i think he had it in a, in a flat file or something you know oh yeah i i got something i'll contribute to the cause i think he does everyone else in the book a disservice by delivering that piece of crap to this anthology because i i think it it it, it doesn't drag it down but it's a sore freaking thumb you're going through this book and you're looking and, and it's like beautiful artwork after beautiful um yeah. pages and it's just stuff and, and it's just this ugly it's a big old wart with a hair on it it is i gotta be honest i think it's a terrible terrible showing 
And he sh- sort of sh- should have thought twice about including that. But that's the only one, right? There are stories that I did. I thought the you know they didn't click with me personally because the the art style is out of my. Um, I'll be honest. the The dog days, the Andromeda um, story. I oh, think it's Renee? I think it's beautifully rendered. Yes, but it, is. it just yeah, it just left me cold. Like it's, and it's, it's yeah. it, the the line work absolutely. I mean, it you could flip through it and and you'll see people with with thick, wide brush strokes and very curvy lines just splashing on a page. But the uh, yeah, that, Dog Days absolutely um, is is extremely technical. Uh, it's and it's also, I think, the more one of the only more modern type tales because yeah. you know, he's he's walking around with a rifle, got the leather jacket on. So I mean, everything else is more fantasy with wizards or or just weird techie kind of stuff. And this is more of a just in the desert walking with a gun coming across. And it, again, it, it's a great looking story, but it did it it did kind of just because of the way it looks it it, it sticks out more than the other yeah i i think it's more european pagan um like like the the uh old country magic type story which i love it's just too precise for me the art is it's way too precise yeah i i respect it and i admire it it you know there's a lot of of uh, beautiful images within this thing it's just it's it's not like if if it was i picked up a book and the entirety of the artwork looked like that i would say man that is an accomplishment but i i don't want to read that um and not, and and i'm not trying to dogpile and cuz we'll we'll get to the good stuff but what thing and it i i did double check because i since we're talking about algofa it the um the lettering on orc speed kind of threw me off oh i loved it are you kidding me I just it's 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 it just felt too the the, the lettering feels too technical. Oh yeah, balloons. okay. No, I'm you're right. I was I was on the uh, the wrong story. No, I I thought you meant like the onom- the onomatopoeia is great. The oh end, no no yeah the that's end, great. Yeah no Roth, the swoo yeah no that's fantastic. Right, with, All the sound effects. You mean within the the balloons? Oh, within the word balloons. Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's cold. You're right. It's cold. But the artwork, my God, it's, it's magnificent. Yeah yeah. Yeah. I love that story too. That the story was great. Yeah. It, well, yeah. 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 I, I wasn't sure really where we were going with it, but no, it, it it's I it didn't take long to to hook me. I mean, the 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 um the the story by um by Marie Angler. I I thought I thought the Anger story was fantastic. I love the look of it. The whole you know fighting going up against the wizard and, and panels upon panels in these pages. It it was it was it was a crazy frantic frenetic looking story uh the um there was uh there were some that were more in my wheelhouse because they had the sci-fi bent but i mean i can't i every, every i finished a story and i was like okay you know how how were you going to top that one that i just read or how were you going to take me that in the opposite direction that the other one just did and and it it they didn't fail i mean everybody it, it is it, it's it's a great collection even even the um 
even the the the, the story by uh, by Emmons was 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 great, Matt. I, uh, Aberrant is just it's a cool looking story. I love the uh, the design of the creatures, um, but I yeah I. This was a lot of fun. I didn't know. I re, this was one of. The, I think Dagger Dagger was kind of like almost a return to me to to, to backing. Well, no, that's not true. Paris twenty one nineteen I backed, but but I I kind of just I I really kind of avoided comics based campaigns on Kickstarter for a while, and um, I don't know what I, I don't know if I got an email from somebody who backed it, a friend of mine, or or if it was just if it just popped up, but. Um, I saw it and I was like, no, this, this looks neat. So even if, because it's so thick, as she said, and because there's so many people involved in it, I'm like, really, even if, even if half a dozen of the stories clicked with me, I I, I consider it a win. Yeah. I, I, uh, I must've loved it. I guess the, the most out of the three of us, because I, I, the, the zero aside, uh, I, I was so pleased that I back this thing because I'm, I'm infatuated with almost every story. Um, like I, I, I think my favorite is probably the one Jason didn't like, uh, colony blues. Uh, who's that? By? That's the one it's by Maxime, uh, Gerin, I think. Oh, it's, the first, it's, the second okay. it's the one with Charles, the, the, the general. Yes. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. no, that's one of my favorites. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. That, um, that's one the... of the ones that I thought, oh, now that's the kind of story that is exciting and, and, and unique and something you wouldn't yeah. see in a lot of other places. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's just, why a... would you think I wouldn't like that? I don't know. I know. But it, I, I mean, to me, with these seasoned eyes, I see a lot of Richard Corbin in this art. A lot of Richard Corbin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, it's it's a simple premise for those of you playing at home. There's this this realm has um, uh, uh, an aging general who appreciates the, the the taste of tender man meat, right? And he can't go out and just parade that that. Uh, sensibility around because he's a general and he 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 has uh, an infatuation with a slave and the slave is brought to his his quarters and things um proceed and uh the the realm is on the skids because the 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 prince's sister comes and to the realm and she's going to clean house she has her her brother killed <laughs> uh just like that and she's like, sweeping changes and one of the changes was, you know, there, there's executions. Uh, and you can probably write the rest of the story for yourself. The, the Charles, the general, his uh, object of affection is one of the uh, slaves that are killed. So it, it, uh, it changes him. And it, it's, you know, not a complex story, but wow. It just, it was one of those things that it pulled me out of place and time. I was totally captivated by the events of the story. The art is is gorgeous. I think the the the, the storytelling skills are very evident because, to be honest, I couldn't tell you what time of day or where I was while I was reading it. It just switched all that off. She, uh, you know, they had me, and wow. The uh, the the ending surprised me. I, I thought it was going to go somewhere else, and I was I was. Pleasantly surprised with with how it uh, right with how it ended. I mean, it, it it's almost it, it's it's almost like it's a happy ending. It it just it um yeah. I was I was that that was that was um that was a hidden gem. I'll I'll, I'll call yeah. it that. It I really liked it. And listen, I and 
you know, whether it's Crimson Flower or Freak, I, I'm I'm becoming a a Matt Lesniewski fan. Um, and even though um, Matt's story looks a bit more polished or finished than some of the others in this book, um, I think it, it it definitely I think it fits the theme here. It it, it feels at home. I. You know, if, if you're going to start off with this story, I was I was a little concerned. Um, if you're going to start off with with Matt and and his style, um, you better be able to bring it as 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 the book continues. And and thankfully, happily, they did because uh, it, it it could have been very easy after reading Matt's story. Which, again, it's not. It it you may read it and and be like, okay, you know, it's kind of a. Uh, karma type story you get what you deserve things like that and, and it may just be a whole matter of fact kind of thing but it's it looks great it kind of just it 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 wasn't like this was a collection of oh henry stories or uh or or just you know monkey's paw type stuff it 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 could have been but it wasn't and for this story by lesniewski to just kind of kick things off um i was i was happy to say i mean it could have been anywhere in the book but i i um it, it definitely put me in in the right frame of mind uh for the rest of the anthology i yeah, i know I what you was, okay. no i was just gonna say i know what you meant when you said it makes uh the other uh it could make the other stories look unfinished i don't think that's a fair assessment though because if you put an escher next to a mondrian the Mondrian's going to look not like it's unfinished. No, but you're right. You're no, right. they're just they're two different voices, right? St- yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. and uh, I I knew I knew what you meant. Right. Yeah. But no, I stylistically, just, yeah. They, they, they're not necessarily complementary, but yeah. No, I mean obviously, right. everybody's bringing their everybody knows what they're doing, but yeah, it's it's if you're it's like you know comparing uh, Perez to Kane or something like that. It's sure. Just, you know, two different voices telling a similar story. But yeah. You, what were you going to say, Jason? Uh, for, I was going to say, for me, it felt like this this was uh, a, like a, a, a book-ended anthology. I, I thought the opening few stories and the, the final few stories were the strongest, and then I felt kind of lulled in the middle. Um, you know, the like in terms of Leslie Hung, who we talked about when we did the we did the Snot Girl, um, that was that was not a favorite of mine. I thought stylistically, it it didn't quite fit in. Um, I with Vince, I, I I think Bernays Dog Days, like like the amount of detail and and um, crazy precise preciseness of the art is unquestionable, but it felt out of place to me here, and I didn't really find the story all that then that that engaging. Yeah, I, can uh, I so, embellish a bit? It felt yeah. like a, a virtuoso performance, but there was no spin put on the piece of music right it was just a a dry clinical rehash of of uh, admittedly you know a very complex and and enthralling piece but there just wasn't i i didn't get the feeling that there was a whole lot of emotion behind it yeah exactly um and i agree with you on the zero i mean that was yeah largely nonsensical Um, so yeah um i and 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 full disclosure um unfortunately i don't remember this being a Kickstarter, I know that you two, as these guys know, they, they both backed it. But I, so I had to, um, I actually bought 
a copy from Marie Anger's uh, online store to uh, to participate. Nice. So yeah, cool. I'm, I'm a fan of Marie's. She's she's she tables quite often with uh, with Dave Jordan at cons. Oh, um, nice. They're good friends. So maybe that's who turned me on to it. I or did he? Or no, maybe yeah, maybe maybe, maybe Dave sent an email. Um, yeah, entirely possible. Yeah. I think um, Simon Roy's Long Live the King, uh, <laughs> at, at least me, continues to remind me just how amazing a character designer Simon Roy is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just incredible. Like, we know because we read Prophet, and it's like, yeah, cool. But th- yep. that, that was, I think, a, a wonderful performance. But this Long Live the King was just amazing. Again, simple story. You know, a couple of peasants are trying to take out an oppressive... Uh, regime and they are having a bit of uh, trouble because they uh, don't know which one of these pompous asses dressed in finery and each one more elegant and uh, apparently refined looking than the next is parading through their their kingdom so they they take a a pot shot and and it it doesn't end all that well but uh, like the, the characters are just each one of these officials is gorgeous just so detailed and there's one page where um they're mounted uh, like uh, it looks like you know soldiers mounted on these creatures that are giant elongated chicken-footed men i guess they could be men i mean they're they're humanoid uh from the from the knee up but they're just extended and they got these these weird chicken feet going on and it's just like wow this is a, a amazing this drawing is just superb uh even <laughs> so i guess that's why I, I like the fantasy genre a lot because it it allows well no more than science fiction but so i'm hedging my bet but it allows or, or it offers the opportunity to just run wild with design yeah. right yeah yeah i mean and there still has to be physics involved i mean you could have a creature in a fantasy story with, with chicken legs and and be top heavy but it's it's um you know if in that context in that world that works but you know you're also not just making shit up and and it, it all has to kind of live in that world and 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 the roy story nothing felt um it didn't come nothing really everything felt thought out uh, so it's it's and and that was one story that I think kind of felt more heavy metal ish to me than than some of the others. There there were other stories like um, Mercy is Yet Through Blood um, by by Sloan Leon that that reminded me that was one of the ones that 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 took me back to um, what I'm going through the Amazing Heroes summer or winter preview specials and and I'm getting to the publishers like you know Air Cell or 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 arrow with dead world it's just like that 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 style of smaller indie press publishers that just black and white with you know you 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 flip through their books and and the ink stays on your hands and it's just the line work kind of just reminded me of back then the the other kind of heavy metal story was um angelic missiles by uh Linnea uh, Sturte, which just, it was almost, it, it was, parts of it reminded me of Mobius, parts of it um, reminded me of, uh, of, of, of Creepax in a way. It was just, it was, but I, it, it definitely, um, 
had a had a European vibe for me. But the uh, and it is the the story that's just basically mostly all black on the page. Um, the monastery by uh, um, Goran Gligovich. I'm going to try say. But yeah, I I'm I am so happy that this thing exists. Yeah, it, it'll you'll hear about this again. I can guarantee, at least from me, yeah. because uh, yeah. yeah. And and also, uh, I don't want to close up the discussion without shouting out the Artyoms, because I really enjoyed the uh, their yes. I don't know if it's I'm saying it right, but yes, yes, salt, um, which was almost not quite, but almost wordless. Yeah, uh, it's a great I, looking I, I, story. Yeah, I love Trakhanov's art. So. Oh hell yeah, 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 oh, yeah. God, that's great. Yeah, not as keen on his take on NFTs, but but uh, <laughs> but his, his very vocal take. Yeah, yes. let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought yikes, and you know the the Matt Emmons story, the uh, aberrant that just got me all hot and bothered for Gardner because that yeah. it's a, that Kickstarter is currently uh, active yeah. now, and um, he's got he received great attention to it to the point where he's in the, the stretch goals already i think it was funded the first day uh so you know if you want more greatness check out uh gardner on kickstarter and contribute got, uh well as as of we're recording this right now six days to go but we're getting a, a hardcover with a cloth uh, uh end uh the, the end of the binding is going to be cloth there's going to be i think a, a ribbon bookmark in it and whatever yeah it's just yeah. amazing and that's in color which I think we failed to mention that Dagger Dagger's all black and white. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. which um, it it's oh, man, just give me a big old thick ass black and white book, and I'm I'm set. Um, it feels DIY. It was DIY, but there's a very elevated aesthetic to the to ninety ninety nine percent of the yeah. uh, of the proceedings, and I just thought, wow, you, you um, to uh, get a little uh, hyperbole. It, I was, I was, it had, felt like I had the, the wind knocked out of me when I saw the final package. It's like, damn, I would be amazingly proud of this. Had I had a hand in creating this book, I would be very, very proud of my efforts. That's, I guess that's the ultimate compliment, right? Right, I know. Yeah, definitely. So there you go, a little bit of Dagger Dagger. Go search it out. You can get it from a bunch of different sources. Um, yeah. Is there one on the actual book that they can... They can just go. It's twenty five bucks for almost three hundred page, um, and oh, and I, we didn't mention it, but there's like a framing device that yeah. there's. A, it starts off with a, an evil wizard uh, who's really really bored, and finds mm-hmm. a, finds a copy of Dagger Dagger. Uh, it, it, I will I'll say she she just threw a tantrum in in a, in a library. Uh, and she uh, finds a copy of Dagger Dagger and sits down and starts reading. Um, so, it, you know, and at the end, she closes the book and fires up her computer, and you get all of the social media for many of the participants. And I do this. I race to the computer after they, they – uh, well, I didn't race. I walked. Uh, and and I, I – followed a bunch of these people and i'm like fuck it they won't follow me back and that's exactly what that's exactly what she says they won't follow me back (laughs) (laughs) 
good stuff. Uh, twenty five bucks. Yeah, but there's, I mean, there's a bunch of different outlets for it. Just, just, uh, I, I do think that they may have done themselves a disservice by naming the anthology Dagger Dagger, and the reasoning being it's, it's, you know, uh, it's twice as good, so we'll, we'll use it. But when you do a Google search for Dagger Dagger, even comics Dagger Dagger Cloak and Dagger comes up. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, in order to get this in the hands of the people that want to read it, maybe they should have called it Danger Dagger or Dagger Danger or, or you know anything that's not repeating the same word twice. Uh, I think it would have been better. Uh, I like. I think the name's great, but I'm just an outsider. I don't not. I'm not going to benefit from the sales of this thing. So yeah, maybe they should have thought a little bit more about the name. I don't know. There we go. Dagger, dagger, get it, get it. Get it, get it. Yeah. Get it, get it. One thing I noticed, now, and this is tangential to our discussion, but did you guys see that with the Gardener, they're not, the, the pledge amounts don't include shipping? Yes. Well, a lot of the stuff that I do don't include shipping. Yeah, yeah I guess that's the new yeah. thing. I guess that's the... I mean, I think it, it's, been, it's been like that, I think, for the last year or so because... Depending, like like Dagger Dagger was was printed in China. Um, I don't remember if if shipping was included in this, but yeah, Gardner it isn't, and I don't know if that's because Gardner's is going to be printed overseas, and I don't know as of right now um, when when the campaign kicks off, they never know what what the world's going to look like and and how yeah. much they, they can't guarantee shipping for one price and then right. I think you know, that's oh, it. I think it's it's backer kit which. Which a lot of them, a ton of them use, including Gardner. Now, Backer Kit has a much more advanced si- system where you can, you know, you can uh, like obviously shipping will be tied almost directly to your 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 location. Whereas when you put it in the campaign, you kind of kind of just gonna pick a number that you think will roll up and cover everybody shipping. So it's, yeah, but it's it's less precise to do it. So yeah, no, I I don't actually have a problem with it. It's just one of those things. It's like uh, it's like air- airline tickets, you know, don't include being able to have a bag with you now, you know, so you gotta, you gotta like factor it in and you're like, Oh, these flights are cheap. Oh wait, that we don't get water or, <laughs> or a space to, uh, to, to store our bag. All right. Nice. Thanks. What else do we have? We got so much. I mean, I got lots. Yeah. It is a pup. It is. Right. So take it. Well, um, so last year we spoke on it and it happened uh, relatively briefly, but we did touch on it. Richard Sava passed away mm-hmm. at uh, 65 years old. And <clears throat> at the time I was familiar with his name and, and, and I think he has a, a certain aesthetic to his art. So I, I could picture his art, but I was woefully unread in his work. Um, not not through any particular reason, right? Just lots of comics out there. You just sometimes there's white space. Um, so this year, when Fantagraphics had their annual sale, uh, which happened two three weeks ago, um, recently, uh, when I was looking for stuff to 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 procure Sala's work, which a good chunk of it, if not the vast majority, was published through Fanta over the years, um, was on my short list. You know, I thought, okay, well. I need to I need to 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 uh, to experience his work uh, a little bit. So um, I did just that. I ordered a few things that he did and read read one of them. The first thing I've read of his, 
was the bloody cardinal, um, which sounds like Vince has read before because he was busting on me uh, before the show about. It. I have read it. Yeah. Yeah, I assume I assumed as much. Um, I thought it was really, really. I thought it was really interesting. Like I, it's. You know what it reminded me of, Vince? It reminded me of, um, and I'm sure this was an inspiration for him to some extent. It reminded me of Phantomas. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, right? Like, and, and so for those that don't know, the, the premise is, um, the premise of the Bloody Cardinal is there is a, a book, um, and the book is viewed differently by different people. Some see it as um, just a, 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 a book of poetry. Some see it as nonsense but a few people recognize it for what it really is which is a uh like a, a, a crypt like a cryptic journal of um one of the the a legendary criminal known as the bloody cardinal and as the story goes the bloody cardinal was uh, originally a, a pulp-esque hero a, a crime fighter and he got frustrated that nobody gave a shit when he would stop crimes so he flipped a script and started committing crimes and ends up going all in and becoming just an absolutely heinous, unapologetic, murderous villain, which is where the Phantomas uh, inspiration or a struck from the Phantomas. And then um, from there in this book, he is and it's a, I should mention it's a character that Salah had created before this book. He had he had done short stories featuring the bloody cardinal uh, over different serialized work that he had uh, much of his work was serialized in different publications. And, and this, this character was used uh, every now and then by him. Um, but in this book, the, the it takes, it opens with this premise that the bloody cardinal's dead, that he was burned down in a fire related to them trying to capture him during one of his crime sprees. And there are four people who are part of a club and they're, they're obsessed with with basically study of villainy. Um, it would be the equivalent of people that love serial killer podcasts or make podcasts about serial killers, that <laughs> kind of thing. You know, and yeah. uh, and and they're 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 very much dying to get their hands on this book because they believe that they can decipher it and it will give them the true story of 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 the bloody cardinal, who he is, what he what he was about, if there's any treasures, confessions, all that sort of stuff. So it's the the book is essentially that journey. It's a journey of of these people coming across the book, and frankly, it's uh, it doesn't go well. It's one of those things where you're almost damned if you if you do get possess if you possess it because if you do, it seems like there's someone out there trying to kill you and or successfully killing you. And the book changes hands several times, and throughout it, you get different different uh, callbacks to the Bloody Cardinal and his history, or at least the legend of his history, his or her history. Um, and and it comes to a, a a bloody dire conclusion. We do find out who's doing the majority of the murdering, and it's a nice twist. It's a pretty straightforward book. Vince had joked with me because I said I had read a ton this weekend, and he said, "Well, Bloody Cardinal's not a lot of words in it. It's definitely more visual thing, although there's there's plenty of dialogue in it. Um, it's very straightforward though, in, in what it is, and I thought it was very well executed. Salah's art is, I think, the star here. It's very distinctive. I, I, I think it in trying to describe it, I mean it's it's certainly like gory and Gahan Wilson esque. It's it's very angular though. Um you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a bit of um and I'm wondering if, if, if this other artist was was inspired. It's like Chris Schweitzer a little bit remind me of, you know? Interesting, I, which, yeah. 
And I, I like Schweitzer's a little more simple. Schweitzer's like the love child of Fred Hembeck and Richard Sala, I think. <laughs> right? Well, like, I would not want to see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I thought this was great. I mean, it's yep. it's it's, and I I presume it's indicative of 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 his other work. Yeah. Um, but colors are vibrant. Um, I, they're they're flat, which I like. It's it's flat color scheme. Um, he hand lettered all the word balloons you know he does he make he made the whole thing soup to nuts he has a way of all of his 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 line is is angular um it's it's not whereas like the han wilson is much more soft and 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 erratic but uh, that would be like if 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 you kind of told Gahan Wilson he had to play within the lines, I feel like it's what Sala's work looks like. But he also draws women to be very attractive. It, it's not like in a cheesecakey way, but the the women are not unattractive in spite of him not playing necessarily purely straightforward with with anatomy. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, it's yet another example of a pulpy comic that I enjoyed. So mm-hmm. I have to I, slowly but surely having to back away from this idea that I don't like yeah, pulps. But it's super pulpy. It really is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the um, uh, one of the things that that uh, Sala does that I really appreciate is uh, he has no favorites in his ensemble, uh, in his cast. He will kill a character off. Uh, devote like 30 pages to it and then just kill a character right off (laughs) and and while i frown upon that when when um walking dead um when it happens in the walking dead and invincible and those kind of comics uh i i think it's more natural here because it does have a very 30s um cinema sensibility where <laughs> you know the the villain will come out from behind a, a curtain and and look around and and melt into the shadows and and no one really dies in those things they're, they're fantasy mm-hmm. right so i this is more of that like you'll some of his characters will have a turban on or or they'll be a young girl or they'll have crazy glasses and it's just this goofy i don't know psychedelic aesthetic that i think sala developed over the years it just works really really well for me and it sucks that the guy died so young it really does like yeah i can't i was rereading the the obits this week after reading this and uh i guess we will never know how they didn't went it it was not disclosed how he passed away and that what, what, what he passed away from and um and we're well past a year later and it's still not known so i i presume it's Right, it's just not none of our business, I guess. It's, it's not. Um, you do know that there's a bloody cardinal too, right? I, I didn't know that um, and, until no. I, 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 I like I said, I, I, I procured a few a few solid things in this order, but but uh, I did not procure that. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah. Um, you got to be a little careful because some of his books from Fantagraphic are art. I mean, you know, if you get a book of Richard Sala art, it's not a bad thing. But if you're looking for something with a narrative, some of his books are just like full page pinups, horror pinups. Right, right. So, sure. Yeah, sure. Cool. I'm glad you yeah, read no, this. But, yeah, no, me too. I am. Um, yeah, I, it's a bummer that uh, that he, he left at such a such a young age. Um, yeah. Yeah. You'll be buying Project Superpowers soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know Peter Tan and Thunderbolt. I was loving. Right. I, mean, I feel like, yeah, it's just yep. it'll happen. It's 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 just the it's the 
I guess it's the most famous ones that just irk me. Yeah. No, when you hit 50, <laughs> you'll be like, this shadow is the berries. This is the bomb. I, I the love this. Berries. Another, another <laughs> book that uh, I was thinking about, like Dean Haspiel's Red Hook, which is totally popular. Yeah. I love that yep. book. Yep, 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 so, yep. Yeah. And then real quick, I'll, I'll just because uh, since I'm on uh, Fantagraphics Orama, in the same package, I ordered The Garden of the Flesh hmm. by Gilbert Hernandez. First of all, it's tiny. Yeah. It is tiny. It's it's like, uh, I don't even, it's like four by six, maybe? Not even, maybe smaller. It's just like this tiny little um, moleskin. Uh, and it's, it's, <laughs> um, it's. I mean, it's porn, right? Yeah, it's it's dirty. It's, yeah, it's dirty. It's it's Gilbert theoretically giving us the story of the earliest biblical relationship, starting with Adam and Eve. Uh, but it's it's essentially very repetitive. It, it's 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 guy with a boner, nude, uh, ejaculating sometimes because he masturbates, sometimes because a woman blew him. Hmm. And load is then somewhere, and then and then re- rinse repeat. I mean that 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 is essentially <laughs> what it is. It's metaphysical, like, dude. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying. I, no, I mean it is what it is. I'm not. I'm, I wasn't yeah. looking for high art here, but but it, it but it, uh, it it there isn't much to it. Uh, it's it, it, it is him just working something out, <laughs> like like him just working through through something. Um, there there isn't much beyond what's on the page uh i i didn't find it particularly insightful or witty or there wasn't much depth to it um but it's gilbert hernandez drawing big breasted naked women getting penetrated by dudes and seemingly loving every moment of it so uh you know it uh i i guess it's exactly what it purports itself to be um so it's yeah it was i mean I, lo- I love a good porn comic. It's it's all good. I, I but I have to say I, I don't I don't I don't think this is his masterwork. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> he he's had better porn comics. I guess is my point. Nothing better than Birdland. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, Birdland is over the top uh, pornographic, but it's yes. also I thought far more entertaining as a story. Uh, right. Yeah. You no, know, it it's Gonzo, but it's. Gonzo in a creative way that this is uh, it's just kind of there it's just yeah it's it's I was surprised by how how repetitive it was I guess and maybe that's what he was going for because it seems like just essentially every it's just you go from Adam and Eve to to their Cain and Abel and their wives to Noah and his wife and it's just you go you go through to the point where we get so we start with the Garden of Eden we end with the Ark and you just see people fucking from then and up. But it just it wasn't it was just straight like you know, there was no even even with the sex, it was it was just very like there wasn't a lot of creativity to it. <laughs> and he definitely has an oral fixation. Like I mean, Until, like, who, who doesn't? Yeah, no, I just mean like literally every finish was that way, you know. It's yeah. like, dude, switch it up, you know? Variety's the spice of life. Some things just work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm just saying. It's okay. just, I, I think it's, you know, it's, there's, you know, lots, lots of ways to skin the cat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, some more effective than others. 
Fair enough. So, yeah. but yeah, like I said, I wanted to get that in there because it's not. There's not a lot to say about it. It's uh, it's a, it's a little pocketbook that uh, of Gilbert working through some things. I assume there. I assume the the Bros Hernandez grew up Christian, just given their right. So <laughs> this is him just trying to get through some things. Yeah, they're just being <laughs> bold. They're being, yeah. they're being, yeah, they're being naughty. That's okay. Yeah, it's being I, a provocateur, I guess. Yeah, I, I may um, be. Uh, I will. It's not may. I am a bit more lenient uh, when it comes to Los Bros. Uh, I'll take anything they give us. And thank you very much. May I have another? You know. So I mean, some of the the mini series that that Gilbert especially did at, um, like, say, Dark Horse, uh, like Citizen Rex, they're not great. Uh, you know, they're not even. Story-wise, I would they're they're just mediocre, right? But but when you have uh, when it comes from Gilbert, it's still there's a pedigree to it, and that I I just okay, I don't question it because it is from two of the greatest comic book creators that ever walked the the planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. But if you were to if someone was to say, hey, I I heard the Gilbert did some naughty stuff. What would you recommend? I mean, I I, I can't fathom recommending this over Birdland. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's all. No matter what angle you're taking, like I think Birdland is a more interesting story, and it's frankly a far more graphic story as well. Like, there's all kinds of sex acts in, in Birdland, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not limited to one. It's there's lots. So. There should we, we should totally do an oh, eros uh, an eros book of the month. Have just 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 throw Wendy White bread and fucking and and Ooh. Birdland and I got him stuff. I got dibs on the Tom Sutton stuff. I have read, I think the vast majority of them. So I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to put it on like. Oh, hey, absolutely! Yeah, it, would, yeah. it would not be. It would not be a bring your kids to work day in the car kind of story. <laughs> or so, we no. could we could do it for the patrons. Yes, we that's could. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, about this patron thing, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one, one, no apostrophe. Uh, check it out. I have to get that in there. Sorry. You do. Needs to. Good job right. with it. Thanks. Uh, what else? You also we, we have many, many, many things. Such as? Well, um, David? Yes, sir. Would you like to uh, regale us with uh, something you've read? Oh man. Um, well, yeah, because I, I mean, I don't have to go deep on this because we're only at the halfway part, uh, halfway mark. Uh, we have not, um, and it's finally back. It's been many, many, many fucking months since, uh, a new issue of Grendel devil's odyssey hit the stands and it came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was elated when I got to the shop and it was waiting for me. Um, it's still listen. Our 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 hero, the Paladin, Grendel Prime, is still journeying through the cosmos with his drone, Sigma, uh, Sigma Seven, to find a planet that um, that can take on that 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 for humanity because Earth is pretty much done. So, as was explained in the first issue of this miniseries. Um, Grendel Prime is going out into space to find a new home for Earth's people. And uh, every issue or so, 
Um, he comes across the planet and for whatever reason, things don't always work out, whether, uh, it's just not, um, conducive for life, for human life, uh, or, um, there is, uh, there are just creatures who live on the planet who, um, are set in their ways and basically everybody kind of takes turns going into uh hibernation and and only uh they're basically one or two centuries that get to wander and and protect everybody and obviously that's not going to work so um in the fifth issue we end up in more or less a uh more modern ish world uh this this planet is surrounded um by by satellites by uh by ships and 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 just that's all you see you can barely get to the planet because of all the satellites surrounding it and um so they decide to uh they're going to go check the uh check this world out but as soon as they get too close they're uh they're hit with a couple of missiles and they can't withstand that too much, but, um, you know, they're safe. So our cyborg shoots out, um, and kind of just rides the stars more or less the, um, until he's able to, and, and it takes about a week, but eventually the planet's gravitational pull brings him down, uh, and, and he can, survey the land and he gets there and it does look like a city. I mean, there are, um, there are cars on what there are vehicles on like a, a freeway that are moving. Um, but the drone Sigma seven, they, they, they've detected no life. And so, so whoa, how the hell are, are these vehicles moving? There, there's like a street sweeper just coming by and everything that's automated is still performing its task. So these vehicles are basically, you know, they would just transport people to and fro and, and that's, they're still doing their thing, but it looks like, um, but, but basically once he gets off the main street, um, Grendel prime notices what used to be people. Um, not necessarily husks the, the, the bodies are piled up here and there. Um, he considers them mummified, desiccated. They're not decayed. They're just basically, but but they are. Yeah, they, they kind of look like mummies without the wrappings. And um, he, uh, we find out the drone is detected that uh, basically there's there's an unseen killer. There's uh, it, it's because everybody's so plugged in. Uh, it's basically malware has 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 taken them out almost like a cancer it it just and it it decided to um it it has uh it focused on the citizens brain waves and um and didn't want to share basically that energy with any other function in in the person's body and and it just it it caused um everybody to kind of just wither away uh but it's a nice little flashback with um with Grendel Prime and Orion, the young boy. Um and I don't know if we'll get more flashbacks in the remaining issues, but it was a nice nod to uh to an earlier time. I'm not gonna say an innocent time, but just just before 
a, a time before things got so dire that uh, that we need to find a new place to live. Um, but you know, so so this this world is kind of going to be kept in the back of everyone's mind. You know, if if they can't find, basically they they decide to move on the drone and and the cyborg decide to to keep this one on reserve because they don't really sigma sevens thought was you know why why find a place where we have to where people are going to have to kind of dig themselves out just to make it work and and you know yeah i mean there's 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 a system in place that can make life easier but there's going to have they're going to have to do a lot of work to basically clean it up so that they can um they can take the planet for for they call it their own so um we'll move on and 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 find someplace else but uh the uh what what really got me going with this issue is 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 that there's a note from matt um because it's been basically a year since uh since we got a new issue of grindle devil's odyssey and um and this is this story is kind of sort of kind of a, a reflection of uh of our current climate but he um he says that uh We've got four, well, counting this one, there's four more issues of Devil's Odyssey to go. And then there's an equally exciting and unexpected sequel series on deck. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't think that this was all we were going to get of Grendel for the time being. But um, knowing that uh, he's he's already got something planned. Sorry, got something in the hopper for the, the following this Um really gets me amped up but yeah i mean it, it's uh, it, and what was nice about this is even though there's been such a delay between issue four and five um i because of this because of this particular story uh i i didn't i wasn't lost i didn't feel like you know what the hell happened in the first four issues i it, it just it's it was uh i mean it's grendel so it obviously sticks with me but it, it's one of those things where um I wasn't, I wasn't bothered by the delay. Obviously, we, um, but I mean, I, I have to chuckle because you know I asked Matt at at, at New, our our last New York Comic Con, but you know I was like, so there's, um, you know, no delays. Everything's gonna be fine. You're gonna get, you know, all eight issues. He's like, yeah, man. It's like everything's great. We're we're moving right ahead, and and obviously, you know, the world shut down. But um, yeah, I am, I am, I am, I. Yeah, knowing what we've already gone through with these five issues, I don't know what the last three are going to give us, but um, but it's still it's it's been a blast. It, it's yeah, it's an easy sell for me. Obviously, I don't have to talk too long about it to try to convince anybody to try it. But uh, I it, this is more me just kind of saying that I'm not bothered by the delay, and I uh, I picked it up like like you know. I read the fourth issue yesterday. It, it's and it, it it looks really cool. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like there was a ton of action in this issue. Um, it's it's kind of just mostly uh, Grendel Prime moseying around this city, uh, talking to uh, Sigma Seven, who's up on the ship. Um, but it still progressed the story. It, it wasn't uh, this wasn't a filler issue by any means. So yeah, it's um, I. If you're getting the singles, great, but uh, 
this this is going to make a uh, pretty sweet collection. There you go. Yeah, I'm not. I read the first issue. I'm just letting them. I'm letting them build up. I'm not. I don't blame you. Reading the whole thing. One fell swoop. Swoop, there it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm stuck in anthology mode. Do it. Yeah. Look at you. Remember this when when we do our Alcoscars and you're like, I don't fuck anthology. I don't know what to put. Well, this one will not qualify because it was published in 2006. Yeah, doesn't count. Does not count. I would like it to, but unfortunately, I can't bend the rules enough to make this count. <laughs> so, uh, it's from Fantagraphics. What another in the Fantagraphics Orama? Nice. Uh, it's a tip of the sleazy hat to the undergrounds of yore. Uh, it's edited by Glenn Head, and it's called Hotwire Comics with an X, Volume One. Uh, there are three volumes, of which this is the first. The the covers by Michael Kupperman. It is a a man, uh, very in a nicely tailored suit, and he enters a room holding up a comic book, and he goes, "Look, honey, I just bought a comic book." And the comic book has a a, a, a slack jawed yokel on the front, and the name of the comic's Pooh. <laughs> and, and the wife is like, "Oh my God, no!" <laughs> Uh, the the size of the anthology is really well. I think it's very big. It's it's nine by twelve, uh, a mixture of color and black and white. Why did I read this? Well, I've had all three volumes on my shelf for quite a while, and just haven't got a, gotten around to reading them. So I thought, wow, we did one anthology. Let's do another. Why not? Right. I'm not going to get real real deep into all of this stuff because there's a lot of it but this is the overall tone of this book um again if you have delicate sensibilities this is not the book for you uh by any means there's a great story um it's called fuck freely and without fear it was written and drawn by matt madden and what's it about it's about a a guy uh named senor reno and he sells these devices on the street to anyone who will stop and listen to his pitch. And, and what they are is they're Orgone Energy Enhancement Beacons. Or, if you speak Hawkwind, they're Orgone Accumulators. They suck the, the sex energy out of the, the ether. And they distribute it, you know, they get women hot, they make life worth living and he sells these things and people make fun of him they're like that crazy guy selling the, that the weird ass machines but he's got a woman you know that's on his seemingly wherever he turns and there's that question whether at the end do the devices work or don't they work well just i'm not gonna tell you um there is a strip my favorite in the entire book, it's only five pages, but I think it's a masterpiece. It's called Critical Mass, A Story of the Clash by Chris Esty and David Lasky. And it is a, a five-page story about one of my favorite musical acts of all time, The Clash, right? But there's this weird subplot that centers on Joe Strummer's longtime friend, Timon Dog. And the, they, the pair were buskers, and they came up, 
and uh, Dog is a multi-instrumentalist, very proficient at the violin, and and it's the instrument he played on Sandinista, one of my favorite albums of all time, and Combat Rock, and he eventually became one of Joe Strummer's Mescaleros, but that's that's just, you know, the the, the fluff. The, The part of the story dwells upon their relationship Strummer comes in after uh, a recording session, um, and those in the know used to call Strummer Woody, right? Uh, and he comes into this kitchen, and he sees a violin on the table. And he just touches the violin, and he says, Team on. And this, is, this scene takes place in 2002. What happened in 2002 when Joe Strummer died, Right? Um, and the events of this scene occurs moments before Joe dies. The last panel in the entire strip, Joe's at the kitchen table, and you get to see his soul like leave his body. You know, it's it's a really, if I mean, if you're a fan, if you love Joe Strummer as much as I do, then it's it's one of those, you know, twist the knife type scenes, right? Um, it's a team on is a strange anchor for the story. It doesn't like the story bounces all over the place in clash history, right? Mick finds team on wandering around outside the place where they recorded Sandinista and is like, come on in, you know, and, and one thing led to another and team on ends up playing on their masterpiece. Right. And then they stuck together after that. Um, there's ruminations on the infinite by way of Joey Ramone, uh, Joe Strummer's, talking about Joey Ramone as if he was destined. He said, if there's an afterlife, Joey Ramone will be there, but I'm not, I'm not going there. You know, there's a, a lot of ground covered in five pages, um, but this one really sunk its hooks in deep because, you know, I am a super fan of The Clash. And uh, Lasky nails the visual representation of the band. Like the odd shape of Joe's head, mixed dental deficiencies, even Topper, who was, you know, a ghost in, in the mythology of the class, right? Uh, I, I just think it's, it's an amazing strip, and it, it just goes to show what you could do. It, it's like an infographic type thing where you have various um, key moments, some not so key, but various moments within the class history just arranged in a way that just mesmerizes. I thought it was really well done, and if you uh, buy into this series... The first volume's kind of pricey. I think it's out of print. Uh, there's another Clash story in volume two, but whatever. Our buddy Craig Yo, uh, yeah, is in the center spread. He gets a fold out. There's a, a dirty fold out that Craig Yo drew. It's a. It looks like a topless woman when when the, the fold is in, but when you open it up, it's more of that surreal drawing that that Craig likes to do with body parts floating and and anthropomorphic you know tea kettles and and gaping holes in the middle of people's bodies with things floating in them and uh i think craig is really good at at this style of drawing um it, it again it looks like it was plucked from that 60s uh time where you know the the, the whole mind fuck thing was going on uh dirty danny hellman has a two-page strip that's a nine panel grid in both of them and uh it's a color strip and it tells the story of this this lovable little street urchin 
who who sells her body and soul to become the Black Madonna and gives birth to the Antichrist and ushers in a nuclear Armageddon. And she did it all for a string of pearls. <laughs> It's pretty funny. They she she's on the street and she's in like the equivalent of a burlap sack and she's looking in the the the, the store window and she sees you know the pearls on a, on a mannequin. She's uh she's fetishing them and this guy's like come here come here. She she there's a wan ad and she basically sells her body and there's a satanic altar and these guys have robes on and this goat comes in and you know impregnates her and here's the antichrist and he's this 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 young republican type clean cut you know slick back hair and he destroys the world and he hands her the the, the string of pearls as the the mushroom clouds are erupting behind her and she's got a little tear <laughs> she's got a little tear in her eye <laughs> uh johnny ryan even shows up wow yeah but he's got a bunch of recurring strips called my mother the idiot <laughs> and that's basically what it's about the, the really really stupid uh woman who gave birth and uh in one strip she's for, for whatever reason she's coating the tv screen with boogers she calls them booger schnots and uh her son's like ma i can't see my favorite show what the hell what's going on she, so he gives the shot anyway he turns the tv on that's all covered in these booger schnots and he he falls under this weird spell and he pulls out his dick and sticks bubble gum into his pee hole <laughs> and, and as he's masturbating the the gum he blows a, a bubble with his dick and he floats away <laughs> let me hold this book real quick yeah what <laughs> yeah so let me hold this book real quick it's a great yeah. i i think this anthology is great you get Ma awesome. max anderson who has this propensity for these little automobile headed kids have you ever seen his work I, I i think i have a lot of his um death and candy was one of his books that came out from uh fantagraphics there's these little little kids but their heads are cars one kid will have a tractor head the other kid has like a you know a, a chevy it's just weird right um our Sikoriak's in here and he does a pastiche of garfield called um and he he nails the visual jim davis's uh style like you would not be able to tell the difference between this and jim davis but um it's called mephistopheld where garfield is actually a demon you know and <laughs> and the uh and hijinks and and so um that's something i think you'd see in like in like weapon brown which i love yeah uh yeah. lauren weinstein's in here uh, I love her stuff. Uh, she was a picture box mainstay. And uh, she does this really, really brilliant strip that it doesn't fit in with the rest of the, uh, the, the, the book because it's emotional and it's heartfelt. And it's about her um, just one, I think her, uh, one day just remembering something from her childhood. Like she's walking down the street at the end and something triggers this, this for whatever reason, repressed childhood memory of a record player skipping. And it's an amazing little tale. It's great. Um, it, and it's in the Little Nemo vein a little bit. Not, not as surreal as Little Nemo, but, but wistful. I like it a lot. Uh, Tony Millionaire's in here, Michael Onsmith, Matt, Sam Henderson, Michael Kupperman, as I said, Ivan Brunetti, Mac White, 
great, great strip by Rick Altergott at the end, who's pushing his Wally Wood uh, to the to there's he the his body it's can't distinguish the sexes of crabs, uh, and Doofus at the end holds up two crabs and he says it's real easy, and one crab has like this giant dick, and the other crab has a, 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 a an anatomically correct vagina. <laughs> so stupid but uh yeah this i i love this anthology it's it's extremely well done when it came out i think it oh, it's 20 bucks but um i will warn you if you're interested it's going to cost you more than that now because uh i just uh, while i was uh tooling around i looked on on um amazon and i think it starts at 50 bucks they don't even have copies. So you have to go to the aftermarket. But I don't know. Maybe it's on eBay or something. The other two volumes look like they're pretty easy to find and they're relatively cheap. But this first one may, you know, cause some consternation getting it. But it's worth it, I think, because it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Especially that Clash strip. It's heartbreaking. But hmm. your mileage may freaking vary. I loved it. Yep. What else do we have? gentlemen well um there's a book that i read two or three weeks back and i keep not having the time to mention it and i want to do so but full disclosure this is i'm sure a story that is going to be kryptonite to many people right now (laughs) <laughs> because of its 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 nature um but for me it was fantastic and i think enhanced by the circumstance um i'm talking about uh, jared Moralt's the fall volume one. Oh, nice yeah i started reading that from the uh image preview but yeah nice yeah so it's 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 a it's pretty cool it's it's by image but I hope Image does more of this. Image jumped on board. Uh, they're doing like the the Europe. Image is trying to do magnetic. Yeah, they're doing the magnetic Europe comics thing. The, the, the Fall is an English translation adaptation that they brought over of Jared's work. Um, so, and I'm a I'm a, but I'm I'm all for it. I, I hope they do more of it uh, because I, I seem seemingly with each passing year, I enjoy European. Uh, imports more and more uh, as some of my favorite books each year but this uh jared what's what's but what's fascinating about this is the time shift because i think a lot of people saw the solicit for this and thought now nah, i'm out because it's a story of of a a pandemic gone awry where uh, and, and a family that's trying to survive in this in this pandemic post-apocalyptic world and understandably, a lot of you are like, oh, fuck, I, I, we're just trying to get out of this year pandemic. I'm not, I'm not trying to be reading about it. One, and, and I get that. I really do. But what fascinates me is that when Jared wrote this, we didn't have a pandemic. So it's just remarkable, the story, how poignant and, and like I said, off-putting, I'm sure, for, for many, it feels when he wrote this two and a half, three years before we had a pandemic. So now, admittedly, the idea of a global pandemic has is not new in storytelling. It's one of my favorite tropes. Uh, I right, I mean, The Stand is one of my favorite books. I, it, so it's not, this is not new. It's not like he's. It's not like he was Nostradamus here. But 
I think what makes this one interesting and probably hard for some to enjoy is that it's a very personal story and it's not it's not it's not a background setting for some kind of other story. It's it's not a zombie book like The Walking Dead. It's 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 not a book of the primordial forces of good versus evil like The Stand. It's not a vampire book. Like, you know, it 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 is it is in essence the the evil in this book is is the pandemic and what it leads humanity to become. Uh, and I thought it was amazing. It, it, it truly amazing. It, it's it's this particular premise. There, what I loved about it is it, I, the reason I think a lot of people won't like it is the reason I loved it in that it starts off kind of where we were maybe back in, I don't know, in April or May of last year. There's a flu going around. It's bad. People are getting sick. Supplies are running low, but but people are freaked. You know, they're they're still hanging out. Like the opening scene is a neighbor coming over to this family's house for a barbecue, and they each brought what they could, and it's a hodgepodge mix of shit that they're cooking because it's hard to find fresh meat and and all the like. But they're chill. Like the the neighbor just lost his job, but he gets it, and he's not. He's like, it is what it is. You know, we'll bounce back. Everybody's kind of cool with it. Um trying to make the best of it, right? They're trying to just live life under these strange circumstances that they believe to be transient. But because it's the story that he wants to tell, it doesn't end up being transient and it ends up getting worse and worse. And we don't pull up from the economic precipice that we were in and we collapse. And so people are left to then have to survive in that world where all the economic underpinnings that have defined all of our lives since the day we were born or gone. Uh, and and the protagonists of this book are a father and his two kids. Uh, his wife was a nurse at a hospital and she dies of the flu. They have effective immunity because they were they were they were, they were sick early on. They they have basically built up a natural immunity to the stronger strain. And I'm not sure, like, what percentage of the population dies. It's not clear. He doesn't really focus on that. But a big chunk of it clearly dies. And you see them descend into the abyss of trying to survive in a, in a harsher and harsher environment where there just aren't – food isn't isn't available and, and, and safety isn't available. And it reminded me a ton of Cormac McCarthy's The Road, which, again, is one of my five favorite American – novels of all time so this is definitely like jason wood wheelhouse stuff hmm. um but the cool thing is even though this is volume one and there's more to come by the end of this volume the book does transition away from dealing with this plague post-plague world and and we're, we're already on to new society forming and the, the challenges and opportunities that that lie ahead from that so I appreciate it. I love the journey. His art is beautiful. Uh, it's fairly realistic, but incredibly detailed. Kind of reminds me of Pitar in some spots. Ah, oh, see, I, yeah, I could see it a little bit, but I mean, I think he's way more on model uh, anatomically oh, than Pitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, but but just wonderfully, beautifully detailed. Very, I think, evocative of what you would think of when you think of of, of Bond uh, It's it's a much more European style, and and yeah. there, there's no way. 
he spends a lot of time on backgrounds, a lot of time on the set pieces that 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 other storytellers may choose not to. And I can I'm not saying that's the be- that's the, that's the better approach. I'm saying in this specific case, it's the way he goes about it. Uh, I yeah, I thought it was great, man. I, I I again, I fully understand if 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 some of you are like, oh fuck that, I don't I don't need a plague story in my life. I, I get that, I totally get that. But 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 if it is a genre that you appreciate and or because you're looking for something cathartic because we're coming out of this, or it's just something like me that you've always been interested in before we had a real pandemic to deal with. Uh, I highly recommend the fall. And I don't know when the second volume is due to, to hit, but I know we're going to have it because this sold well. And I think he's already, I think he's, this was the first, he, this, he, he self published or he published this in issue form in Europe. I, I believe this collects the first six issues of his comic. I'm pretty sure he's done at least fourteen or fifteen issues. So, and he's still doing them. So, I so I know we've got at least volume two coming out, and then hopefully volume three. But super, super impressed with it. And uh, your mileage may vary on your tolerance for the subject matter, but uh, but I I just thought it was so well executed and 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 really deft. It's like what Kirkman wanted to say about things, but but used zombies instead because he figured it was a spoonful of sugar that, that you can get people, you can get people to, to the place because there's zombies. And then, and then you realize if you stick around that it's really about humanity and, and, and how humanity crumbles when it loses its structure. This just takes away the pretense of zombies and, uh, and just gives you the humanity. So um, yeah, loved it. Nice. No, it's like I'm out. I have no yeah. interest in this. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Nah. <laughs> Ain't happening. No fun. But you got you already had the vid, dude. You're safe. Okay. Yeah. I also had cancer, but I'm not going to read books oh, about Jesus that. Jesus God. Okay. God. <laughs> yeah. So sign me up for them cancer books. I want them all. Fuck it. Oh. Just kidding. Well, I've read you plenty of those too. <laughs> I've yeah. heard plenty of those. Uh, so I I decided to um, because it's the first issue and 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 I'm glutton for punishment. I but happily, I I, I can add to this. I, I read um, the first issue of Green Lantern by Jeffrey Thorne, with art by Dexter Soy and Marco Santucci. Uh, Alex Sinclair on covers. Um, if you're a John Stewart fan, this is your book. Uh, if you love Mosaic, uh, I think you'll enjoy this. He is pretty much front and center. Um, the look, I get too deep into it. Basically, uh, the gist is everybody. I mean, everybody is on Oa. You got, um, you know. Lanterns from other core, the, the other parts of the rainbow. You've got Thanagarians kind of patrolling the skies. Uh, a bunch of aliens, almost like they're they're trying. They're um, basically, uh, it's all about the United Planets, and uh, and Oa wants to be a part of that. And and basically, they're letting everybody else vote on whether or not Oa can um, can be part of the united planets but the uh the dexter soy art isn't isn't bad at all but i was really smiling when um when we got to the santucci pages um hal jordan's basically on earth you you see him as a green hologram talking to john stewart um and john is dressed in 
Kryptonian, uh, a Kryptonian dress uniform because Superman and, and Superboy gave him this outfit. So he's, he's, uh, and because it's Superboy who had the idea for the United Planets, he just figured it was, uh, appropriate. But, um, also in the background is Teen Lantern and, uh, they're testing her abilities with this gauntlet. Um, and there was concern that uh, that the gauntlet actually belonged to Krona at one point. Um, and for those of you who do not know, Krona's a pretty big deal in Lantern War from back in the day. Um, but it turns out that uh, while they share similar kind of design, um, Krona's gauntlet is still locked in the vault. So that's any concern is it as severe now, but, um, she will not, um, she, she keeps calling herself teen lantern, but she's like 11 years old. But, uh, so that's, that, that, that's kind of the joke, but, um, they, uh, they are not, she, 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 she refuses to give it up she's not she's not going to let them take it so they can run any sort of experiments on her or what have you um so all that's going on there, there's kind of a whole um uh senate from the prequel trilogy kind of thing going on with uh with all these other aliens all these other planet delegates um trying to make their voices heard uh of course there's the appearance from guy and kilowog uh the um the speaker for the collective to include oa uh into the united planets is a um is a woman from uh from Co- from new kolu so i i don't think she's related to uh to brainiac 5 but she's definitely of the same race um and you get some planets saying yay, some saying nay, uh, but everybody's kind of, um, while everybody's voting, there's kind of like these elementals who are, um, it's it's weird. It, it was almost, the story wasn't confusing, but it, it was, maybe I just wasn't in the right mind space because there were, um, we're focusing on whether or not Oa is going to be part of the United Planets. And then we kind of jump away to, we, we cut to a scene where, um, where John and, and Simon Baz and the, uh, the Thanagarian captain, she's there to, um, to oversee these, I'm going to call them elementals, um, kind of like attacking the planet. There's a whole magic thing going on. And they, um, they're doing their thing and it's almost like they're attacking Oa. Um, and you've got red lanterns coming to, uh, the green lanterns aid to, to, to stop this, uh, little destruction. Um, so while John and company are handling that, we cut back to the, uh, the vote and there's Sinestro with a bunch of yellow lanterns. Um, and he, uh, he says that um, new uh, new Corrigo votes to deny Oa into the uh, into the United Planets because he's got his own um, 
baggage with the guardians of course and it john decides that the best way to fight these elementals is to not fight um they're uh they're going to stand down and um it, it, it dawns on him that uh you know the the red land the reds are rage the yellows are fear the blues are hope and greens are the um the force of will so um they're the wall against chaos we are the beacon of justice he says um and uh and and so by not fighting he's able to eliminate the threat um and then there's a pretty kind of big deal that happens at the end of the issue, which of course leads right into um, hopefully the second issue will will pick up. But I mean, o- overall, I really I thought the Santucci pages were, were fantastic. Um, Dexter Soy could work and, and and tell a story, but I really really like the um, the look of everything um, when Santucci was was in charge but uh yeah i i I, i'm i'm gonna read the second issue i i thought uh thought it was a pretty it it reminded me in a lot of ways to mosaic and and that's that's it's not necessarily a golden age for me but it's definitely a high point in um in lantern history where i'm concerned but uh this was i i thought it was a solid solid first issue i i uh i'm i'm yeah i've read other first issues other green lantern number ones and uh definitely left me feeling some kind of way when all was said and done. Uh, but this was, um, this just kind of, I, I, I don't know if, um, the things that clicked with me just kind of really, uh, brought me back to that kind of, um, that crisis era. It, it's, you know, the, the, those issues of green lantern leading up to number 200, which, uh, the, the Samarians and, and the guardians were getting together to their, to their, to do their thing. Um, which could be a turnoff for some people, and 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 that's fine. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where Thorne's going with this. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, with his writing, but uh, I think if this is an indication of what he's planning on doing with with the lanterns and uh, and the guardians, I'm at least going to check it out for uh, for a little while. So I'm I'm ple- pleasantly surprised, happy to say that uh, I will. Um, I'm giving Green Lantern number one a thumbs up. That's good to hear because I got it sitting right here. On nice, the stack. yes, cool. sir. Um, we all read this book. It's on the list for all of us, and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts because you all know I love me the Brandon Graham, and uh, yeah. I spoke on the Rain Like Hammers number one in great detail. <clears throat> And Vince got mad at me because I spoiled it for him, and I apologize. Oh my! He's, he, I, <laughs> wait a minute, is your name David? Because you ain't letting this go. Whoa! Oh, anywho, but uh, but then too, we 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 just touched on some as a collabo. We agreed it was a, a big departure, at least it seemed from number one. So we weren't sure if that was going to be each issue was going to be different. Then we got number three, yeah. and I, I'll be honest with you, uh, I need to reread it probably a second, third, <laughs> fourth time. Because I, I mean, listen, again, I love Brandon. I, I have no doubt I'm going to stick around. I'm sure he's going to stick the landing. But I was incredibly confused. Like, wow. I, other than the character, the main character in the story, which we were introduced to in the prior issue, I just was 
indecipherably confused about what was going on. And I'm going to put that on me, not him, because he's told me enough great stories that it's a, a me thing. But I need to sit down with a maybe a glass of wine over the weekend and take my time and reread it uh, at a slower pace. And maybe read, reread the first two issues, read it all in one fell swoop, because I was absolute like i could not tell you what happened in this issue if you had a, a gun to my wife's head and said she you're gonna kill her if i don't wow Whew. well i think one of the um reasons why that may be happening is because the visual language that graham is using in this third issue and and, and in issues one and two as well it's completely different from the way everybody else is making comics there, there there's not a comic on the stands an american comic on the stands that that walks and talks like rain like hammers because he'll he'll in terms if you're looking for narrative which that thing that we we we've come to call storytelling if you're looking for straight narrative he's not going to give it to you Be, well, sure, but but you're saying that like you presume like again. I I I have read every other thing he's ever made and loved it. So so well, no, I don't think that's a fair like like you. It sounds like you're saying, well, that's what you get with a Brandon Grant. Comic. No, I, that's I don't not. Agree with that. Especially this because it seems like he has ADD. Uh, uh, okay, uh, yeah. Because well, he'll yeah. he'll be he'll be detailing the this this um, butler or the the villain in the butler's body, right? And he's going to do something and on the way to do something this thing interrupts the story and graham just focuses on it right for seemingly ever like okay like the the drug bug Mm -hmm. it that just derail i mean if you're looking for and this happened and this happened and this if you're looking for traditional storytelling it's not this book no. It's yeah. he. It, it is the equivalent of Alan Moore going on for a hundred pages about mm. the way the the sidewalks were constructed in this tiny little village of Southampton. You know what I mean? Like he goes on these asides that are amazing, and I think that that is the the driving force of this book for me. Are these weird little um, glimpses into what makes this world tick that? Are not necessarily important to the the what's the traditional story, right? Like that that one scene where um, V's buddy says, oh, "You know, I, I need something stronger than tea." And this creature pulls up its hat, and there's a little tiny teapot under its hat. But later in this yes. in the scene, she picks up the lid of this teapot, and there's yeah. an organism steeping in the tea there's this little bug creature thing steeping in the tea and it's like like i think brandon graham that's is, like, but that's classic graham though i mean that, that right right yeah, yeah but he's he is an acolyte of philip k dick you could tell mm-hmm. i mean it's mm. written all over this thing i i i i just it's it's a different kind of language than than we're accustomed to uh, a sequential language like and I'm just I think this is without a doubt the best book being published right now because it's it's he's altering the language of comics he's he's making the language his own this this 
super decompressed. I don't even want to use that word. Um, he's he's growing a mythology from within the narrative that doesn't care if it's proceeding along a track that'll delineate exactly what's going on with this story. Like, he knows the story. The story's there. He doesn't care if you're getting it. I don't think he does. He's more enthralled with this world and what makes it tick. He even said it in the first issue. This is an exercise to get him back into reality because he said he need he needed to cleanse himself he needed to purge all the bad stuff that had been going on and i think this is doing it i think he's in, incredibly infatuated with the minutia mm. and i yeah and i am too i i, I don't know I, I i read a brandon graham ca- comic and i i i'll admit it i go back and i read it again because there's a shit ton of things that it, it it deliberately alters the speed at which you experience it. He's he's saying this is not your ten minute DC Marvel comic. You're gonna have to spend some time with it, even though there's not a whole lot of words in it. Like there's there's double page spreads in here that have zero words, and he is incredibly confident to just let giant spaces of color carry the panel for him, like the the uh, the the uh, chamber that the butler character is in, and I think it's pages three and four, with the, the salmon carpet and the giant V on the wall. Like, that could have been one panel on a regular page, but he made it a double-page spread. That's extremely intentional. You had to consciously say, I am going to slow this story down to a crawl, and they're just going to love it, I hope. They're, this is, it, it, it's, a, it's a new language. That's all I got. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm extremely um, jealous that as a creator, he has the uh, self-assurance to pull off something like this. Because mm, somebody mm. else, I mean, you, you gave this book to a, a person that has a regular diet of like, say, Marvel and DC. They'd be like, I don't understand this shit at all. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. But that's brave. That is, that is uh, yeah. extremely brave. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I only think this could have been published at Image. I don't think there's a publisher on the planet that would have done justice to this, the the way that it is now. And it's it's entire like the footprint of this book. There's no ads, not a single freaking ad, except ads that are pulled from the DNA of Brandon Graham. The back page yeah, for his own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 this book is entirely Brandon Graham, the from cover to cover. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a very unique beast, and I love it. Sorry. I get excited. I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's a, a, a way of teaching someone um, there are new experiences left in this medium. This is, I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't all been said and done. I don't think. Not when something like this comes out of the blue. Like, whoever expected this? And yeah, it's it's a lot like the stuff we've got from him, we've received from him before, but not completely. I think this is even more, there's more novelty than, to this than, than say, um, you know, uh, we'll pick anything. Multiple Warheads. Yeah, Multiple Warheads. Yeah, it's kind of like Multiple Warheads, but then again, it's not. You know, that was a tighter, more streamlined narrative. That's what, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, this I, is... I, a, I think it's... It evokes a lot of that, but it, it that that had I think at least to this point was a little little more linear and was certainly more 
humorous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging it work. Is. I said the first issue. It's a challenging, you know, it's challenging work. I mean, it's, it's. And we haven't seen that dude from the first issue again. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I think, I, I think we will with number four. I think because, um, once, uh, once L, um, I think I think he and L end up meeting up at some point. Uh, but yeah, no, this I it's weird. I, I love the fact that it's 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 coming out in single issue installments because you can kind of ruminate on, on on what you're reading. But it's definitely something I feel would make a hell of a lot more sense were it just all read in in one fell swoop in one chunk the whole story but uh the fact that i get to just kind of hang out with these issues until the next one comes out uh is endearing to me i i because i can kind of just i take my time on the page i mean there's there's a little there's a little uh I don't want to call it. It's like a demon baby, and it's on fire, and you just, it just, it, it says, "Ouch!" It, it's like, I mean, the little, little sound effects, the little, the little things someone, a, a creature says, or as someone, you know, flits through the air, uh, or, or his little drawings. That'll be a diagram to to tell you, you know, how to get from here to there, uh, just to kind of so your eyes are focused on something, but you are he, he's connecting from one panel to the next it it's it's you know I, do we need to know that you know the the little box creaks when he opens it no but you get the arrow in the direction he's opening the box and you get the creak so i i i really like the fact that he's branded is absolutely taking this medium for for all it's worth there's there's this is one of those things that really wouldn't uh, even as an animated feature, I don't think. But I mean, it 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 really can't work anywhere but on on the page. It it's it's a story I think that's just meant, made for, and it should only be told in as a comic book. Yeah, I completely agree. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. I was. Uh, it, I guess part of it too is that is that uh, like King City. You know, and multiple warheads are both so perfect to me. I, I feel like perfect comics. I, that uh, I want this to be different, and, <laughs> and it, no, and it is, it is. Uh, but 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 at the same time, I guess I thought through three issues, I would get some sense of of what the journey was, understanding that it's very evident in the first issue that the journey is going to be long and full of tangents. But I. I and I, I'm assuming he's intent. This is all intentional because I think he's a master of his craft. So I don't. I don't think this is a. I think it's exactly what he wants. I, I he's. I think he's. He's leaving us through three issues, thinking I, I'm not quite sure. Even if there is a an end point necessarily, like if he even has one yet, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't, that's fine. I maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's. Like Vince said, it's he said it's a journey. Maybe he's just trying to take the journey, and he doesn't know if it's going to take five issues or fifty issues. I, I that I don't know. Um, so I, I think if if this book were subtitled, it would be slow down and take a look around. 
that mm-hmm. that that's the entire mm-hmm. gist I think of of what we've got received so far. It's just stop, slow your roll. Look around. There's so many things to see, and yet you're 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 trying to barrel through yeah. all these panels to get to the meaning when the meaning is all around you. You're you're, you're missing the meaning, right. and and I wish that. The mojo, the Brandon Graham mojo from this book would seep out into the real world and slow the fucking shit down everywhere around us. That'd be great. If if that ever happened, I would love it. Because, in, in, in you know, there's really not a lot of the, I mean, uh, his prior work was plugged into the social media type thing, especially like King City. Right. Yeah. Very focused on pop culture. Yeah. Well, this is it's it's detached. It's like it exists in a bubble. I I I, I don't know. I'm not going to play my hand, but I I I really respect this work, and I'm thinking this may be my favorite he's done to date. Mm-hmm. Just for that very reason that it doesn't, it's not speaking the same language as all the other things that he's done. Sure, sure. It's super good. I, I mean, like, uh, he he takes valuable page real estate to show you how a tasty treat is made. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I, I think I said, when we talked about the first issue, I said that it reminded me of a crazy sci-fi version of Dar- of Kerouac's Dharma Bums and that yeah. just the, taking the joy of, 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 of what meal he's going to be able to eat that night or what yeah. TV show he's watching. And, and these are mundane things. And then we think, well, who cares about that? But then if you actually think about our own human condition, I mean, Lord's know we all spend a lot of our, our of our, of the moments we breathe, we take breath focused on what we're eating, what we're reading, right. what we're watching. Right. I mean, here, this show's fucking all about what we're reading. So yeah. like, it's, you know, um, but but yeah, so like we do probably we do self we we self inflate the mundane the mun is it mundanity is that the word is I it, like that yeah I think yeah that yeah, is a, of 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 like your form. own life yeah like we're like oh shit I I made this dope ass bomb meal I want to share tell everyone I made and we all do it I mean we've, in fact Dap and I do it frequently on, on, on social media. <laughs> uh, you know and then it's like oh cool but then like but then when you when you read it in a fictional work you're like at first you're like well that's like wow like why are you focusing on that but but isn't that that's real though like because to the person that's eating that meal it's, that's fucking big doings like they're excited like it's yeah. the be- highlight of their day you know like and, cool. and that's the route like for us that's that's a lot of days the highlight of our day is what we're eating or drinking or watching yeah I've tried to to slow my life down to the point where the little things that like eating um, matter a lot more to me than they well they matter to me now. Which in the past I didn't give a shit. I, it was just consume and go on to the next thing. But that kind of free falling through or barreling through life like that, it, it you miss out on a lot of the real important stuff. And yeah. and I think that's one of the messages of of rain like hammers. Uh, I I think, and I'm sure I'm not alone. During the pandemic, it has allowed me an opportunity to be far more reflexive and appreciative of that. But I will say that I do wonder and worry that when we do get back to whatever the new normal is, but at least some semblance of of pre pandemic life, if I'll be able to carry forward that appreciation for it or i'll get fall back into the to the rut of not rut actually but fall back into the mode of you know just barreling through everything to get things done yeah um i think you'll you'll 
continue with the newfound uh, outlook because I, I, I'm pretty sure that it's not going to go back to the way it was before. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're good. Well, okay. Yeah. Hope, Isn't I mean, it a better way to live? Don't It is. Yeah, no, that's why I say I hope I hope that's the case. But uh Well, I don't let I'm, go. Yeah, cl- hold no, on to it. Of course. The, yeah. I, but but I, I think but but human the human condition it's we can we can we we fall in we can fall into into patterns. Well, you know? with your job and especially the location yeah, of your job. Yeah, it's nature. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm really being more self-referential here in the sense, you know, I I I know me, right? I right. you guys know I in, in normal times I'm I'm doing 27 things. Yeah, you're Oracle. Time. Yeah. So, so I just yeah I I but I have really, in as much as I think we all should be trying to figure out the good of of the last 14 months. Yep. Uh, and, and certainly I I would not say that whatever good comes of it or has come of it it's it I certainly think we should all want it to have never happened. Um, but since it did happen, uh, and we can't take back what's happened and we can't take back the millions of lives that were lost and all of that. We, we have to, I think it's just almost for our own sanity. We have to, to think about the, the positives of this, both, both, both in the midst of it, but then also uh, does it, does it have positive effects on our lives and behavior going forward? And I, I, I think it very much can. Yep. I, I, but I, I also think just like, like Clint Eastwood said, a man's got to know his limitations. I, I wonder if, if a lot of us will forget those lessons far faster than we wish we hadn't. So I'm hopeful of that not being the case, but I'm, I can't say I'm a hundred percent confident in it. Well, I'm not a hundred percent confident in anything, but I, yeah, I get you. Uh, I know. I'm, uh, this is a brilliant, brilliant book. And uh, you guys out there listening, if you're not reading it, well, it, luckily, you only have three issues on which to catch up. Meaty, though. They're meaty. Issues. Oh, yeah. They're, they're exercise. Oh, uh, yeah. 45 pages each or 40, 40-some pages uh, each? Yeah, they're big. And they're, but they're four ninety nine. Well worth it. Um, but you're going to have to slow your roll and, and listen and perceive this, this, this new approach. Not so new. But the Brandon Graham approach is, is different. Yeah, I don't want to – now that I'm thinking on it, I'm not sure I agree with your view, Dap, that it's best read in like in, in one collection because I wonder if the mundanity of it all, if you tried to sit and read 250, 300 pages of it all at once, wouldn't – wouldn't affect people's ability to, to, to get into it. You'd have to be the yeah, right no, mindset. No, that's, that, that's fair. No, I mean, I, I, which is why I appreciate that we mm-hmm. get single issues so we yeah. can, we can take our time with it, I think. But, but because of what's, if this is the only book you're reading every month, then okay, cool. Then that's, that's right. your focus. But, but you know, we read a ton of shit. So if, yeah. if I read this and then, you know, I go and I read some nonsense from the big two, I, it, it's good. Take me a second to to get back to where I was when yeah, I was no, this I, I issue. Yeah, no, I actually. But um, but I mean, I I think to 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 as to to stay on point. Yeah, it would probably be great to read them all. I mean, people probably. I I wouldn't be surprised if if anybody we know is like, yeah, I read the third issue, and then but you know before the fourth issue comes out, I'm going to reread the first three. And I mean, and that's fine. And I mean, I I, I wish more books were like that because you know you just want to make sure you're fully engrossed in it but uh no i i i'm i'm glad to be buying the single issues because it it's i mean obviously 
that's his plan. He's releasing them this way because it's kind of how he wants us to consume it. Will it be collected? I'm sure because that's just mm, that's the nature not, of the beast. That's not true. He's not releasing these because that's the way he wants us to consume it. He's releasing these in single issues because he wants to eat. Okay, no, yeah, that's We're just choosing. Realistically, do- that's fine. But he could also he's, he's Brandon choosing. Graham. If he decided to do this as an OG, and you think it wouldn't sell? I think it would be a stretch for somebody to to uh, sight unseen buy a 400 page whatever it is book at, you know as it stands but that's the way it should be consumed the only reason why we're reading this in chunks is because someone needs to pay bills the body the corpus of rain like hammers is the collected edition that's what it is that's the ham you want to cut slices off the ham and eat them in pieces great but the body of rain like hammers is the the, the collected edition that's the thing that that's what it is. The, the the market does not determine what the art is. It determines how it's sold, yeah. But everything exists in collected edition. That's the story, right? That's the tale. I I mean that's you you have that's, to that's separate the, the two. No, but that I mean that that's just because that's that's the that's how the industry has moved. It's it's that's it's like, yeah, you know, we're writing for the trade or, you know, we're going to sell these in Barnes and Noble. And I mean, I, I understand that, you know, listen, we're going to sell this story if you buy it in single issue. Because, I mean, you get some people who argue that, like, if if you don't, if nobody buys the single issues, there's not going to be a trade. And then you have people who are like, well, I'm just, I'm writing this because it will read better when it's collected. And, and you know, just pick a lane, I would like to say. But it's, if, if you're, I, I really don't. I, I wish that we lived in a world that the industry was healthy enough that however you want to tell your story, you could tell your story. If your story needs to be told episodically in in three issue in a three issue story, cool, great, okay, release them that way so this way you know people can just read them as episodes. But if if your story is is meant to be a 148 graphic 148 page graphic novel then do it that way don't 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 take your art don't take your story and butcher it so that you have to make sure you you eat if, if this was a 96 page story cool release it that way don't give it to me in four however many page chunks just because you need to make sure you survive for the next year. I, I, I hate that that's kind of the way things are. It, I just, I want, it, it's like when we were watching um, Too Old to Die Young. It's like some some episodes were 112 minutes, some episodes were 92. It, it's like whatever, however the story needs to be told, that's the way they went with it. It wasn't, they weren't cramming things in in an hour. They weren't stretching things out for two hours. It was just, this was, this was how many minutes we needed to tell this particular part of the story. I wish comic stories were able to be i wish creators could live by releasing the stories the way they want them to be consumed yeah well there's very very few publishers that are going to pay up front i know i know know. but it's a different story for marvel and dc than it is for everybody else because when you say writing for the trade there was a time maybe not so much now when series went on forever Mm-hmm. Uh, 500, 600, 700 uh, action comics, a thousand issues that's a totally different story 
those Marvel and DC are money machines. They have to keep putting books out every month. They, that's just the way they make money. So the, the, the trade paperback thing, while it's a byproduct of what they do, who gives a shit? Right, it's this when you're talking about Brandon Graham writing a, a, a story that exists in a certain amount of pages. That the fact that he released it in in slices, that's just him trying to get paid. Yeah. No. Right. No. I mean the this, the the Marvel and DC formula, that's just them eating twice. You know that that's how they that they worked it out. It's it's aesthetically it's nowhere near. Uh, well, that's not fair. That's not fair to say that. But uh, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Apparently, uh, I was. I was. He he said the idea a long time because he said in 2010 that uh, after was finishing up King City, he said I've got a detective thing called Rain Like Hammers that I want to do as a one shot after I get a big <laughs> chunk of multiple warheads done done out there. Wow. And then in 2017, he said. He's got a book called Rain Like Hammers. It's a 1920s-style flapper science fiction book. So, uh, and then he said uh, a year and a half ago that he was 80 pages in to... My main thing right now is Rain Like Hammers. I'm 80-something pages into it. It'll get an official release date when I've got 120 pages done. Uh, Here's the not-quite-finished opening spread to issue number three. So... He definitely structured it as issues once he got going. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, and it is five issues long. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think we're, I, I guess we I could we could ask him if if he had his drillers, would he just have released it as one fell swoop? I'm not sure. It probably, uh, yeah, I would imagine a lot of creators probably would. Because if you, if you conceptualize something as five issues, then you really are conceptualizing it as one thing. And you're just trying to find breaking points that make sense commercially, right? Don't yeah, control. yeah. That I means like Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's like you know they, they they work as as chapters, but you know would could it also could could these these episodes have been pieced together, even though they have their breaks at the end of 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 the hour mark? Could they have been just one long continuous beginning to end feature? Or you know, just like it's, do you make a TV movie or do you make a a TV series where you have a couple of episodes every week to tell the same story? It, 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 the, the comics is different, though. I it, it, it's obviously it's a different medium, but I just I you can do things it, preach to the choir. You can do things in comics you're not going to be able to do in other mediums. So. Um, I it, it, the things you can do on a page would cost however many millions if yeah, you were to yeah. try to do them in a movie. So I just it, it, I, I I love I love the medium because of how it can be manipulated and and you know it it's you're you're kind of you know people can flip through a comic and take you know three minutes to to read an issue of Amazing Spider-Man or you can actually kind of just pay attention to. To word balloon placements and and gutters and and read it the the way that the the creators intend you to read it and take your time and and, and hit all the beats and uh, so yeah I mean it's the comics can dictate how they should be read but you're in control so if it's if, if you don't feel like 
taking the time to go into the minutia, then you know you're just going to flip through it and still get the gist. You're still going to be able to know, yes, yeah, Spider-Man swoops in, saves the day, and and Aunt May still gets her medicine. Or you can actually pay attention to seeing how slow someone may be speaking because they're trying to get their point across. It's uh, I just it's it's comics, man. And it's sad that the average person doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. I mean, they don't. The, the, av- the person that hasn't fallen under the spell of comics would not care about any of that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it, it's a given, right? They, they, if, so, if, you, if you gave them this Rain Like Hammers to the person who hasn't read a comic in their entire life, it, it would be like they're, they're looking at a, a window to another planet. They would just <laughs> not understand it. Pig Latin? Right. Yeah, I mean, I could say I, the the majority of the exposure of comics comes from what is left of the the comic page of I don't even know. Do people still read newspapers? Like who? How do people read comics now? Or do they read comics? That I'm, I'm not talking about the people that we know, the the ever dwindling acolytes of comics that buy them and read them and love them and study them that's not who we're talking about i'm talking about the guy on the bus going to work who just wants to get a chuckle about this drunken irishman you know falling asleep at the bar right does that does that still exist i don't know i don't know who where people would get comics other than a comic shop it's it's a story for another day right Mm -hmm. but whatever Damn, it's hard out here for Sam Guthrie. <laughs> shit. That be raining on my parade up in here. Dude, your parade shit. That is the wackiest. Dap yeah. posted uh, on our little Slack here that uh, Marvel just sent us the, well, they didn't just send us, they, they released a press release of which we received the results of the groundbreaking X-Men vote. For, for those that don't know what we're talking about, you get a chance to vote for, out of a choice of 10 characters, vote for the final member of the soon-to-be new X-Men team that will be released uh, in a new number one when Jonathan Hickman leaves the book and it will be taken over by Jerry Duggan with Pepe Larraz on art. And the 10 characters were... From ten, uh, no, I'm not going to go in order because okay. the order is uh, then the the characters were Banshee, Forge, Armor, Tempo, Boom Boom, Marrow, Strong Guy, Cannonball and Sunspot, and Polaris. Oh, no. oh, Cannonball and Sunspot. Are like, they're like a team. It's like one word. Well, okay. So, so I voted. We we had a, a yeah, discussion about all this, and I I said to me it bummed me up because I love Cannonball and Sunspot. Yeah. And I but I I didn't like that. I didn't want to vote for either one of them because I thought well uh, I I want them together. They're like yeah. They're 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 a buddy. They're a buddy movie. So and if if only one's going to be on there, I don't want the other one on there. So I didn't vote for them. Um, but the results are in. Vince, who did you vote for? I don't vote on the production of art. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, the votes are in, and coming in at number 10, strong guy. Coming in at number 9, which is an absolute travesty of justice, yeah, yeah, who are yeah. you people, is Sam Guthrie Cannonball. Yeah. I do not understand that. Of the 10 characters I mentioned, Guthrie is by far the most 
beloved and interesting of that group. I, like even more so than than Sunspot. So I don't. I, I, I baffled it. But he should be top three, top, top five easily. Top crazy. Three, that's crazy. Say. He's number yeah. nine. In fact, he's he, number nine. He lost to Marrow. I don't. Yeah, that's I don't know if possible. But Marrow was number eight. Uh, Boom Boom was number seven, which is ridiculous. Boom Boom is the worst of that of that. <laughs> No, of all of those, of all of those, of all of those, those uh, fallen angels era, like yeah. she, she was, oh, she, she was the valley girl who could blow stuff up. There was nothing to her. Uh, Armor number six, Tempo number five, Forge number four, Jesus Christ, Sunspot number three, Banshee number two, and Polaris number one. Now I'm not particularly surprised that Polaris won because she's certainly one of the more popular and frequently used characters on this list. And if you want Pepe to draw someone, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I don't dislike, I don't dislike Polaris. So I'm not, I, I don't like, I don't actually have an issue with her. It wasn't really. my fault, but yeah, I mean, but I am, fun. I am baffled that my man, Sam was so disrespected. That's blatant disrespect. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. It's true. I mean, my, it, it, my vote went into second place at least. So, I mean, I'm pleased that enough people voted for Sean, but it's, it's just, I, that's crazy. Yep. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. That's it. Remember, if you want to get your books and get them cheaply, there's only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you could scoop up from Vault, Barbaric Number 1, $1.99, from Behemoth, Motherfuckers, number one for three dollars and huh? No, I'm just thinking of that that line from the Tarantino, the Behemoth. But go ahead. Yes. Oh yes. Even uh, right. Three yep. three twenty nine, and from uh, Image, we got vinyl number one for a dollar ninety nine. Uh, well, I knew this was coming. I pre-ordered it. Um, I'm glad I did, but it's. Uh, it did not play against my expectations. I expected it to be as um, uh, commercially viable <laughs> as possible, <laughs> and it is. It's from Boom. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Ig Guara, colors by Ariana Cassoni. It's Magic the Gathering number one. Can have anything that you desire. Yeah, it's. I've been playing the game for what? A long time. 78 years? Many. Oh, I have. Okay. I I, I don't want. I'm obviously. I I do mean to cut you off. Um, Since you read the Marvel Warhammer book. Yeah. uh, Without without spoiling anything, who. Who handled the property better from the from the start? Uh, this is only the first issue, so right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, Calgar number one was a better first issue than this. Okay, okay. But what what what, what did you enjoy about this? Uh, I enjoyed it all, but it I, it really wasn't anything surprising. I mean, it's 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 magic for it's going to please people who play the game, especially if you're into the the fluff of of the game uh i've never been uh, that's never made it or, bro- or or broke it for me like i i just want to know what the cards do and how i could jam them up your ass 
right? <laughs> I mean, that's it's a game, right? The fluff is there to enhance your experience, but I just like you know, there's a there's a very calculated way of making these decks, and and over time, I've I've become decent at it. So this features characters that I've seen on the cards I play, right? Um, it, it's it's not a stretch to start your Magic the Gathering series in Ravnica. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you if you know the game, you know Ravnica. It's it's the city of guilds, right? Where all these different factions of 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 guilds uh, they congregate, and and you there's three planeswalkers that are introduced in this first issue. You get Kaya. Ralzarek, well, there's more than one, more than three, but the the beginning of the issue, there's three planeswalkers and Vraska, okay, um, and the panels in which they're introduced bear the colors of the mana that you use to cast them in the game. Like it's it's smart, but it's obvious, and I don't know if I'm being too hard on the book. Like when Vraska enters the panel, the panel's green and black. When Ralzarek is in the panel, the panel's red and blue because he's from the Izzet guild and their colors are red and blue. It, I mean, it just makes sense. Maybe I'm downplaying it. I don't know. So someone could pick this issue up and think it was the most brilliant thing ever. I enjoyed it very, very much. But it's not, I mean, and it's it's super scrubbed. The Iguara's art is very pleasing to the eye. It's It's not going to turn any anyone away because it, it, of the chances it took it it's it's a commercially sound book mm-hmm. you can't you can't you know put the screws to them for that they want to sell copies so uh i think even um even the story like there it's it's very well crafted the, there's a bunch of assassins that are sent to take out these three planeswalkers. So in the beginning of in the in the first half of the book, you get to see just what each one of these planeswalkers can do, what their powers are, how they you know uh, fight, and 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 the way they move, and the way they speak, and how smart or or not so much they are, and if they're they're evil or if their heart's in the right place. You you get the lay of the land, right? And then. Uh, one of the planeswalkers, Ralzarek, he doesn't kill the last assassin. He leaves him alive. And he's like, especially Vraska, she's like, why did you not kill that asshole? He tried to kill you. Why wouldn't you kill him? And so he's he the obvious. Well, we can learn things from this man. So they, they take this living assassin to the Azorius Senate. And who's there but Jace? And the panel's blue. Like, big surprise, Jace, because you need blue mana to cast Jace. And um, Jace is there to be the be, – uh, he's the living guild pact of Ravnica. Uh, he's very, very smart, uh, level-headed, everything that these three – well, Ra's Eric is, but everything the other two planeswalkers are not. And the at the end, they – decide to talk it out at Zendikar, another one of those places in the magic multiverse that's popular. The the Zendikar lands are amazing in the game, but we'll see how it pans out in the book. I really enjoyed it, but it's not a revolution in storytelling or in, in the visual representation of comics. It 
it will do very well, I think. It, 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 it fits the bill. For a Magic the Gathering comic, this is really good. There. Okay. I'm very interested to see how this comic does commercially, right? Because yeah. a lot of comic stores, as you know full well, Vince, adapted to the market by adding toys and games yep. to their inventory. And certainly Magic is at or near the top of of that. Lots of stores sell Magic cards, have Magic tournaments, gatherings, all that sort of, no pun intended. So I I would think if there is a, like of all of the things you could try and cross promote, I can. It's it's actually surprising they've never had a comic before this. Well, they have. So, oh, they have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So but it, I, I would presume that there's a good chance. That, but I am curious to see if it because there are lots of comic dudes and and women who who dig magic a lot. So yeah. I'm curious how this how this sells. There there ha- tops come or was it tops? Yeah, there there have right. been isolated uh, magic miniseries, but never mm-hmm. an, an ongoing. Okay. And. They made, and I presume because they probably had to fight. I know they were very excited when they got the license. They, all over the social media that they landed it. I presume we're going to have a lot more than one magic comic. I would, I would guess. But yeah. they made one very crucial mistake in terms of of translating these chunks of paper into money. Uh, remember when Shonen Jump uh, included the Yu Gi Oh cards with each copy, and they were Yu Gi Oh cards. That you can only get in Shonen Jump. Oh, that would have been brilliant. Players went crazy oh, and right. and bought. They didn't read comics. They just, well, a lot of them. They just wanted to get that card. I mm. really think they should have released an exclusive card, even that if it was matter. a land, right, or 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 a, a, a you know a common spell that everybody uses, right. Bring back lightning bolt. Shit, put a lightning bolt in here. People would go crazy. A brand new lightning bolt in the first issue of a magic comic, you'd have people in stores trying to get this thing who have zero interest in comics. They just want that card that they mm-hmm. can and make it a foil, and they'd have to change their pants. I, I, I don't know why there's not a card with this thing, but whatever. I'm not in charge of it. Uh, I don't know. And and what they did back in the day too, they would give you if they if there wasn't a card in with the comic, they would polybag a sheet of tokens. Tokens are, are everybody uses tokens in magic. Why are there not tokens in this comic? Like, give us something, or not us, but because I'm already uh, among the, the converted, but give the people who don't buy comics a reason to go to a comic shop and buy this because they play the game and they love the game and they would welcome a new bunch of tokens that no one else can get unless you bought this issue, right? It just seems common sense but i don't know why they didn't do it i I, I don't get it but anyway if you like magic and and you've played the game you're going to really enjoy this issue if you have never played the game i think there's enough here that may push you to enter the world of dominara i mean it's it's really well done it's well done comics there you go that's cool uh in your travels um i am catching i read the issue six and seven of department of truth and this was kind of um these are uh 
I don't know if I call them interstitials. The the, the main series, the main arc, uh, is illustrated by um, Martin Simmons. Issue six is uh, is illustrated by um, the young lady who uh, draws November, Elsa uh, Chartier, and it's 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 a cool enough interlude. It it it's you know it takes place after. Um, after Lee Harvey Oswald is, in air quotes, killed, um, and uh, he's with, he's now with the Department of Truth. He's a noob, uh, and and um, kind of getting the lay of land. And and uh, the guy in charge is like, here, read this. And and he's like, Oswald's like, I'm not much of a reader. He's like, you're not got much of a future here then, if that's the case. So, um, gives him a book that's in Latin. Gives him a dictionary and, and tells him to get rid of it. So, issue six is uh, kind of deals with with the Illuminati. That's not my favorite issue. Uh, issue seven, I got a massive kick out of. Um, it's it's way more up my alley. It's kind of kind of the stuff of what I'm here for with Department of Truth. This one's illustrated by by Tyler Boss, so it's it's another interlude. Uh, but this one takes place a few years later um, when uh, when Oswald meets um, the kid that, that, that goes by the nickname Doc. Um, and he... Uh, it's basically the story of how they met and and so it's a flashback um in the uh i guess i i, I guess the 60s and they meet at a diner um and and the kids basically explaining why you know he wraps everything in foil but this was issue seven was was if you're an X-Files fan, this is kind of the issue that, that would, I, I know, you know, obviously Tinian is, is having fun with conspiracies and conspiracy theorists. And, uh, you know, we've had the, the flat earthers, we've had the, uh, the, the school shootings, we've had anything that people want to latch onto and say, you know, that that's not a thing. We, we've gone down those roads, but, but here we're, um, we're, we're we're talking about aliens and and UFOs being first sighted in in America and um, and Boss's art is is what really keeps me going in this issue. Um, love the way he's piecing panels together and 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 just the conversation between Doc and Oswald is um, kind of close to riveting. It's just it's I I really really couldn't put this issue down but but the way boss draws the aliens and and how he explains you know how the aliens kind of just show up they're 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 wearing black suits they're tall they kind of hover their feet don't really touch the ground they um with their long necks and 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 their eyes and the way the people who come across aliens describe them and uh how they um they just show up and manipulate people or erase memories just 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 the whole kind of the way aliens are, are approached 
or, or handled uh, in the early days, um, I got a kick out of. But uh, and and then we we understand why Doc wears the foil on his head, and uh, it, it's it all it all makes sense. But it's it really th- these two issues. Um, I thought were I mean if 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 Martin needs to you know catch up, take a break so he can work on the next arc. I I, I appreciate the. Um, the way we're not we're not getting anybody filling in for Martin. We're not getting anybody to to, to finish the arc that 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 Martin started. It's you know Tinian's going to write a chapter tailored to an artist that uh, still kind of gives you the background on the department. Um, so it, it it's it's super fitting. But even even if these art styles aren't complementary to what Simmons is doing, uh, you're, you're still getting a bigger part of uh, of the story. I you know, I, Department of Truth is still one of my favorite books they're doing right now. But uh, it, issue seven uh, is is absolutely one of my favorite issues of the series to date. So yeah, in your travels, if you haven't yet, I, I believe the first trade was solicited. I don't know if it's out yet. Um, I know, uh, I don't know if we have, the next issue says Black Helicopters. I don't know if that means, I, I, I believe that means um, we're getting back to, to the main arc. But uh, yeah, um, which I'll be there for. But yeah, in your travels, uh, check out Department of Truth if, uh, if you haven't yet. Respect. Um, well, it's Fantagraphics Orama. So nice. go over the fantagraphics in your travels. Yes. Uh, please check out the Winter of the Cartoonist by Ooh, Paco yeah. Roca. Uh, Paco Roca is a Spanish creator who, a few years ago, they brought his work, The House, over to the U.S. It won an Eisner Award that year, uh, which is when I was exposed to it. I, I read it uh, a month or two after it. It was nominated and loved it. That was a story, a very intimate story of, of, of Paco and his wife going back to his childhood summer vacation home after his father passes away and revisiting his life and his memories of being there with his siblings and his family. It was, it was beautiful. I loved it. So I was very excited to see that another one of his works was coming over and being translated. Uh, this is uh, nonfiction. It's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a story of a true story of basically the precursor to the uh, image founders departure, really <laughs> um, during the, uh, in 1957, there's a gigantic Spanish comic and magazine publisher that um, called editorial Bruguera. They're the, the big swinging dick of Spanish comics and five of their lead cartoonists decide to leave together, united, and start a new venture on their own to make their own comics. Uh, and this is a book that chronicles that journey of them working for Bruguera and, and feeling underappreciated because Bruguera owns the rights to everything and, and, and over edits and takes away a lot of their creative voice and they're getting frustrated and deciding to unite for their own 
creative juices and going out and, and, and creating their own book that's well received critically, but uh, but they fight they fight the good fight and they create a book called Tio Vivo, but Bruguera's pretty big juggernaut and they they don't make it easy on them and, and try and thwart them at every turn and and after about a year of putting their own magazine out, they come back tails between their legs and go back to work for Bruguera. And it's, it's essentially a story of about a year, maybe a year and a half of, of chronicling all of that happening. Uh, I will admit to being uh, woefully unversed in this little pocket of comics history. Uh, I didn't know that this happened, much less that it was a true story. But the five comic creators that uh, of record are named Seafray, uh, Jenner, Penaroya, Escobar, and Conti. And I've subsequently read a little bit about them and 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 i mean they were considered the the harvey kurtzman and friends of 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 spain at the time they were incredibly important to the european comics movement and it's a bummer of a story honestly i mean right because they they unlike the image founders they 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 had to they had to basically go back and take their old jobs back at the same pay doing the same things the same oversight uh, so you give them credit for trying, but they didn't. They didn't succeed, and and it it certainly was 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 difficult for them to handle. Uh, so I understand why Paco wanted to tell the story, especially being a Spanish cartoonist himself. Uh, and I definitely feel happy to have read this and feel a lot. I'm glad to know their story, and I'm I'm, I'm I, I'm I wish it had gone a different way. But but at the end of the day historic though it may be it it it's sad it's a sad story it's a story where where these creative voices never got a chance to make the stuff they wanted to make because the their 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 boss was too their ex their ex boss was was too powerful and it would be like if if mcfarlane and lee and liefeld and all those guys left marvel and marvel was able to to convince comic shops to or stores to not carry image comics and they just had to go back and work for them a year later. Right. So, uh, very educational, uh, Roka's art styles. It's beautiful. It's very, very realistic. This is not a book that you're going to be blown away visually in the sense that it's, it's, it's a talking heads book. It's, it's a eight panel grid page with lots of people in, and this isn't late 1950s. So they're all wearing suits and ties and fedoras and, overcoats yeah. and they look very they look very stylish but there's not a lot i mean visually it's 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 largely a story of of middle-aged spanish men and the occasional woman in the office but it's mainly a bunch of men dressed similarly talking to each other so um and i don't know what else it would be because it is a bar it's biographical he's just trying to tell you the historical accounting of all this so so it it it, it for what it is it, lo- it looks great but it's it's uh, it, it looks great in the context of it just it helps convey the reality of the situation. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I know it's a lukewarm it recommendation. I, I can't say that it isn't worth reading, but it's only worth reading in as much as, as I think for the the historical. If you want to be sure that you're you're aware of these creator rights issues and, and, and it's helpful to gain some perspective that they've been going on since time immemorial and not just in the United States. I feel better for having known the story, but you know, I don't know that I can tell you that if you're going to tell me, what should I read a Paco Roca? I'm, I'm telling you to read the house because that book had a ton of heart. And, and also he got to do a lot more visually interesting things because he's jumping around in his own memory and 
going back to when he was a kid. And so I, I just think he had a chance to, to, to spread his wings, both visually and narratively in that, that he didn't have a chance to do with this. So, but yeah, uh, but if you dig historical comics, and I know some of you out there very much do, then Fantagraphics, the winter of the cartoonist, Paco Roca. Nice. Been fighting that fight. See that Vince? It's, not, it's like hard to believe, man. Every, every country keep keeping the man down. Wasn't just Kirby. <laughs> Sucks. It does. But we don't, and neither do you for listening to this. If you want more of this 11 o'clock thing, go to Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, because there's a presence on all of those things. Plus, check out the Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. We'd love for you to take a peek at our wares. I'll even lift up my dress for you. Uh, in the meantime, say good night. Body da di da 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 da. David. Oh. Good night. Oh my God. David, and I have a thank you for Rod, uh, to Rod, because my man sent me all 65 episodes on DVD of Defenders of the Earth. Wow. I could not believe it. (laughs) But I went outside... Dog and I went for a walk, and it was standing there on a Sunday evening, right against the door. Uh, I uh, I opened it, and I, I believe this is uh, Mark Texiera on the cover. And uh, I haven't had. I just I opened up the uh, the wrapper from inside the envelope. I haven't opened up the books yet, uh, but thank you to Mr. Scorpio Steel as well. I'll 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 flip through these and 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 give more fo- give folks more info on them later. Defenders of the Earth, when heroes were real, damn it. <laughs> They're still real to me. It's so mm. funny. All I remember about that cartoon is for some reason. The theme song? Know. No, no. I oh. just remember watching it at my grandparents. Like, I, like I, it, it, my memory of it is that for some reason it was available on their TV, but not anywhere else. And I don't, I'm sure that wasn't the case, but it's just when I think of that cartoon, I think of sitting in my grandparents' living room as a wee one watching that cartoon. There's I, a I don't... really cool story in that. We could do something with that. That a grandparents have a TV that only they only that model of TV gets a certain show. But where's the show coming from? Right? The show's coming from another dimension or something. We could build a story around that. And the kid grows up mesmerized by the show, and then nobody knows what the fuck he's talking about. Like, what, what are you talking? What is this? No one ever saw that show because it doesn't exist. No, really, it did. I used to watch yeah. it at my grandparents, right? And he, you know, that was eighty five, cool. right? I don't remember. Eighty five, eighty six. All I know is that the Phantom's in it, one of the greatest superheroes ever freaking created. Well, it was Flash Gordon, right? Yeah, Mandrake. The Phantom, Mandrake. And Lothar. It was uh, Defenders of the Earth follows the continuing story of Flash Gordon, who returns to Earth in the near future to defend the planet against the evil Emperor Ming. 
an exciting battle between good and evil that follows, Flash teams up with Mandrake, the Master of Illusion, the powerfully strong Lothar, and the Phantom, who has the ability to summon the strength of the jungle animals in his battle against evil. The dazzling quartet of heroes is joined by their young offspring, handsome and headstrong Rick Gordon, Jetta Walker, and her panther sidekick, tough and smart Lothar L.J. Jr., and orphaned Kashin with his outer space pet, Zuffy. Together, the <laughs> team of heroes must battle against the evildoers from their pasts and future, including Ming and his underlings, as well as supervillains marauding marauding aliens, destructive demons, and sultry enchantresses. United as a team, they protect mankind as the defenders of the Earth. Nice. Alright, people, we're out of here. Go. Go. Get out. See ya. Good, y'all. Read some books. That's it for that one.